Welcome back to Talk with Flick, where we talk about anything and everything, but mostly movies and TV. Today with me, I have Nick. It's me! Young girls are coming to the canyons, and of course, wouldn't be talking Flick without... Here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. Jesus loves you more than you will know. Oh, we'll clean it up in post. <laughs> and I sound a little groggy. It's because I'm a little sick. I'm getting better right now. So last week yeah. you were groggy because I wasn't around, and now yeah. you're just groggy. Too. So I feel great. Producer Ryan's not here. Always happy when he's here. <laughs> I like it when Ryan's here because because when Ryan's not here, I have to try to do every you know do the the text. Yeah, producer Tyler. Like, yeah, yeah, right. I don't know, man. Don't quit your day job. <laughs> oh, I won't. So I know. Last week we said we were gonna do uh, we're gonna try to do Stranger Things. Which I was, I was up for. I really want to do that at yeah, some point. I want to too, force so. producer Ryan to watch it. If he doesn't do it, then we can just do it together. Yeah, exactly. We can do. We can make it a special weekend for just us. We'll so just we spend can, a few so. minutes on each episode and definitely a bunch of time on the finale, yeah, so, which was amazing. So that was the original idea was, you know, Stranger Things Season 3, which I was really excited about. But I forgot that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood had even, you know what I mean, had even came out at all. It's only made and nine so, films, right? So you have to cover it, right? If we're going to cover Endgame, we got to do Tarantino. Yeah. It's only logical. I mean, plus, two, you know, it's Tarantino. All his films I, have been just such cult classics, you know? And, yeah. You know, yeah. who knows? He might direct the next Star Trek. So, we'll which see. yeah, yeah. We'll see. we should spend a few minutes on that because that yeah. is just absolutely fascinating. I'd like to I see that. Not, yeah, I'd really love to see it. Yeah, I probably won't like it, but I'd love to see it. Yeah, you just you're you're there for the ride. I'm you there for the ride. ride. Yeah, you're I'm always for Tarantino. Like you'll see as we get into like I I probably will review this movie on the blog and I will rank the Tarantino movies all nine. And what you'll find is none of them I absolutely love as much as Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I all of them are interesting, and that's what we need in movies. We can't just have Captain America run around every every movie. Yeah. We need to have some other stuff going on. And and this one specifically takes a weird take on on something that Oh yeah. It's very even for him it's it's weird. I yeah, guess. and we'll get into it too when we go into like non spoilers and spoilers or, you know, as much as we can. But as always, we'll kind of start with a bit of movie news. So, of course, we had the Marvel ah, phase the for... movie news. Really, this is Comic-Con San Diego, right? So, that thing... I didn't expect it to be big this year. I don't know why. I guess because Endgame had come out. Yeah, it was the I end of the that. phase, and there was going to be less stuff. But, like, this is a great Comic-Con. I wish I had gone now. Yeah. There's so much stuff came out. Tom Cruise <laughs> is introducing Top Gun. Uh, you got the Picard trailer, Westworld trailers, mixed in with, like, Natalie Portman's going to be Thor. Yeah, All exactly. sorts of craziness, so- that... It was madness. Yeah. I mean, just a lot of new stuff to kind of come over. And as far as Phase 4 goes, I mean, so our first movie is going to be uh, May of 2020. So about a little okay, bit less than a year. that's the first of the month. Yeah. So okay. it's going to be Black Widow, which is going to be May of 2020. Which looks interesting. And, the David yeah. Harbour being the Russian Captain America character. Right. Interesting. I like that. Yeah, I like so, David Harbour in that. Rachel and, Weisz potentially being the villain. You guys talked last week. Uh-huh. Uh, I was going to scold you about your talk about females shouldn't be James Bond or whatever. whatever point no, we're, we're fine with that. So. <laughs> no, yeah. Look, if you have Rambo 5, cool you it, should so. be able to have Atomic Blonde 5. That's the point. Like You I can s- have side-by-side, uh-huh. like, female-driven action movies. People want those. Yeah, I still need to see well. Atomic Blonde, too. Like, I liked I, it a lot. It's I really interesting. need to see it. You guys so. like McAvoy. McAvoy's oh, good in yeah, it. He's very good in it. We all love it. This is, like, full Scottish accent McAvoy, too, which is, like, some of the best stuff. Like, from, what's the one where he's in where he's a cop and he's crazy oh god Gosh, that's right. a Danny Boyle movie that's Danny Boyle yeah. that movie's depressing it's, it's my too. least of favorite yeah. Danny Boyle films too man I can't remember the it's name it's a rough watch it's I, rough. I can't remember exactly shouts for Sario Dawson though it's great yeah great so but yeah I'm excited for Black Widow uh, there was rumors that David Harper was gonna be playing the thing from like 
basically oh, right? Fantastic Four. I think that got scrapped. We we don't know because you know these Marvel movies are really good at keeping secrets. The MCU, so they can kind of take us by surprise. Right. You know, at the end. Well, we did get at a Comic Con that they're announcing Fantastic Four is the next yes. thing they're doing, basically. Yeah. Uh, along with a couple other stuff. I think probably Phase 5, they'll probably move into that. Uh, oh, is that Fantastic what it is? I'm not 100% sure. I bet sure, you they but... introduce them before Phase... That would be my prediction. Oh, They yeah. are introduced prior to Phase 4. And, uh, and you know what? That would be a good idea, and they could do it expanding on it. So, I we're going to get... By, by the way, I just wanted to point out that I finally finished Hellboy. The oh, yeah. The Harbor Hellboy. And when we get to recommendations... Uh, we'll talk about it, yeah. I'll talk about my movie, too, that yeah. I saw when, right. we, when we get to recommendations. So, <laughs> but yeah, Black Widow is supposed to be taking place, I guess, between, uh, I think, Civil War and basically Avengers uh, Infinity War. Oh, is that I, right? I think I that's when that. I think oh, that's okay. when it's gonna take. I thought we were going so. way back, but I guess we're just gonna have a lot of flashbacks. It's, just, and stuff. it's not gonna be way way back, but it's gonna be back enough. So who knows? I mean, there's a lot of things she could have done. You know, I mean, she could right. go back to Russia. You know, in that time frame, she has a lot of. Wisdom Do we there, think so. uh, you guys were bitching about the gender swapping stuff? Do we think this is gonna be a success? Is this gonna be a billion dollars like Captain Marvel? Um, I don't know if it'll be a billion dollars like Captain Marvel because I, I mean, nobody Marvel... really knew Captain Marvel, and yeah. everybody really likes and knows Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow. Right. So it seems like it would be. A I don't know because, like, as far as Captain Marvel. Go, they really they did a really good job on capitalizing as far as like female empowerment not that that's a bad thing but right. you know and also linking know, it to yeah. Infinity War and Endgame so there's a, that yeah. piece also they kind of they kind of cheated the system yeah. but kind of snuck it in there they, they kind of they, they snuck it in there not even snuck it they just kind of threw it in there, I, so, I was but. impressed that it was able to cross the billion dollar mark but what I'd like to see I wasn't impressed overall by the movie itself right. I was entertained but I, I didn't love it yeah. what I hope out of Black Widow regardless of the box office is don't overspend on it it doesn't need to be a 200 million dollar right. movie like Dark Phoenix was uh, which lost 150 million for Fox. Just so well, you we'll know. save that one later. <laughs> but yeah, I was gonna say, like, what I want is a good movie. Yeah. So this is an opportunity to make a good movie. Let's let's spend the time. And yeah, absolutely. Movie, so. And I think as far as like Black Widow goes, I think I would like that movie a little bit more than Captain Marvel, even though it hasn't come out yet. I think I would just enjoy Black Widow's character. I know I have enjoyed Black Widow's I character have, yeah. more than Captain. Well, she Marvel, shows up so. in Iron Man too, right? That's yeah, her first she shows up. In... She's great right from the get go. I think she's also in Iron Man one as well. Is she in Iron Man? I can't remember. It's I think been it's so long. I think she shows up in definitely. Two in, in the boxing, uh, in the boxing gym. Yeah. Right? So then we got Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming out fall of 2020, which I think is a TV show that they're going to be doing on the Disney. Uh, it's live weird stream. that they're making a transition into TV this aggressively. Loki, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I like that they show us the tag. We didn't really get to see any footage, right? So yeah. what do we think that is going to happen? Did we see any footage it? at all? Basically none. We just so. we just got introduction. There was so. Black Widow footage, but we didn't get to see it. And if right. you really want to dig around YouTube, you can find it. But uh, we didn't get to see, like, the Hawkeye show, the Loki yeah. show. We know Loki's going to be an alternate timeline. Yeah, so we know that. We That's don't know gonna exactly be what WandaVision's going to be, right? Yeah, so we're not too sure. So as far as, so we got Falcon and the Winter Soldier 2020. Uh, Eternals is going to be November 2020. Um, Shang-Chi, yeah, yeah, yeah Shang-Chi yeah, and the Legend of the Ten Rings is going to be February of 2021. Yep, then WandaVision, uh, spring of 2021. Doctor Strange into the Multiverse Madness is going to be May of 2021. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Okay, I don't so know. you guys that's, mentioned that's that me, that's going to be like a horror take, right? Yeah, so we thought the first Doctor take. Strange was going to be that horror take, and it ended up being a lot cleaner than that. Yeah, it was very. So they're going to try mean, to darken it up the second time. Around? I guess they're going to try to darken it up. So okay. more, give me more dark magic. But uh, we know shouts to our buddy from the Almost Critics. Uh, uh, Matt. Yeah, I was going to say, Matt's going to be about it. So. Like, yeah, he's going to love Iron Man. <laughs> he's going to love Doctor Strange, too. It's gonna be I know, just just <laughs> the title of it, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse Madness. I don't you know, know if it's, it's like semicolon like it. and like six words. That's a lot of words, you know? It's a bit much. Right, I don't know. It looks it looks good. I like the I like the already the title of it, so I think that's something I would definitely want to see. 
Uh, then of course we got Loki, spring of 2021. Then we that have one. Loki. I think is unnecessary. Um, so it's gonna people be, love Loki, but I don't know about it'll that. It'll be one. that different, mul- that different dimension one, the one where he hops He's out of the, the, uh, the tesseract. tesseract. Yeah, so, so from sure. Endgame when he when they mess up and basically he escapes. So, so. so if uh, uh, Chris Evans' career with Ryan Johnson knives out and some other movies that he's going to try to do doesn't yeah. work out, he can pop back into these TV shows and make a couple million dollars. Yeah, he could do that. Sure. So I think Chris Evans, he always has that option, and even yeah. Robert Downey Jr. as well. You know, I they like all have that option. We talked about not another team movie, right? Like, yeah, really oh let's, let's get him back. Are in you Jake Wilder? <laughs> I know my girlfriend. I've always talked. What if we met Chris Evans? Or just like, I'm going to carry a picture of Jake Wilder around. Just like, are you Jake Wilder? I know you. And so, <laughs> it's a banana split. And <laughs> back on the point on Black Widow, the Winter Soldier Chris Evans pairing. Uh-huh. I mean, I know I said Endgame is the best one, but I really love that Winter Soldier movie, and Scarlett Johansson's, like, enhanced role in that oh, yeah. really makes all the difference, or a huge part of that. Yeah, even so. just with Nick Fury in that, yeah. too, as well, he actually, you know what I mean, you see him just how prepared it, he is. It turns, it, so. it helps it make it that political thriller that it was sort of yes. trying to be. It yeah. doesn't totally get there, but it's interesting. It does a good job. Yeah, I think it does a good job. job. Good yeah, enough. so... And then Captain Marvel gives us the scratch eye of, you know, Nick Fury. And then that's how we... that's, that's how it gets time, ridiculous yeah. again, yeah. And I then know, every time we look at that eye, that's exactly what I think. So. Well, they're comics, right? So we can't, uh, you know, we can't hold the standard too high. The I bar is not that high. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, they do make a lot of money, so... By the way, you want to talk about It too? So frankly, with Stephen yeah. King, there's... I need to educate these young millennials. An orgy and a gangbang are two totally different things. Oh, enlightenment. There, there, <laughs> there's some romance of both in both, but there's more romance in an orgy than what would be in a gang. Bang. So we, we don't want, I think it was an orgy in the book, not necessarily a gang. <laughs> so, you know, shouts you know to Beverly. Look, live yeah. and let live. Beverly does what Beverly wants to do. Like, this this is her life. So just I mean, let they her escape, do escape this. That's how you have to escape the sewer. Everyone knows that. And I was like, are they saying gangbang? I think they mean orgy. I think Orgy, gangbang, you know. <laughs> Technically, I guess it's an orgy, but we don't have to get into specifics there. I'm going to look this up tra- right now. So. I thought the trailer for it too looked good, but um, I didn't like the way Bill Hader looked, and I love Bill Hader. Oh, really? I thought he looked a little bit like, disheveled, and, and I don't know about that. I think that's how it's supposed to look. You yeah, know what I mean? maybe so. I mean, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I'm really excited for it, Chapter Two, for sure. So we'll see how that kind of works out. I mean, oh, back to Phase Four. But we have uh, the What If coming out in summer of 2021. So interesting. Rumors, yeah, really interesting. I think that's going to be animated mostly. That's what I heard. It goes. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what I've heard. And I've also, if you look in like the uh, the panel that they have, where it says like What If and everything, uh-huh. if you kind of close in on it a bit, you see like a little bit of Marvel zombies in there. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, so I, I think we, okay. so I think we might get some Marvel zombies, and of course, we kind of got a flashback, which of would that be a really Iron interesting Man. way to clean up the timeline and introduce, like you say, the X Men. Yeah, or, or even whatever direction, even the Fantastic Four. But of course, right. that's going to be animated. And they're all going to be What Ifs, but it's nice to be right. able to get that in just all these different stories. So this is kind of it's it's weird for me because like I'm already somewhat exhausted. I know you mentioned like. Why don't we take a bigger break yeah. in between phases, which I'm totally, I would totally go for. But also now that you're going to launch like another streaming network, right? So now, like along with your Netflix, along with your Amazon Prime, along with your Directv Now and your Hulu and all this other stuff, now we got to buy DC, we got to buy Marvel or Disney's right. Marvel. So they need filler. So the risk here is that because they need to fill that new streaming thing, uh-huh. they're going to overdo it. Yeah, do we have any reservations about that? Like, I mean, what I would have liked to happen because uh, just real quick after what if it's Hawkeye Fall twenty twenty one, and then and we, we got his Thor, daughter Love might also show up. Yeah, right. so and then it closes with Love and Thunder. Yeah, I which think that's my favorite news of the whole thing. Oh yeah, again, gender swapping, right? You talking about like putting Natalie Portman with a hammer? I'm in for that. I'm in for that too. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll prepay for my ticket right I'm now. I'm excited right? to see yeah. that. So I'm excited just to see how they would do it. <laughs> I can't too, believe Natalie well. Portman said yes to that. Actually, yeah. I'm so shocked. Well, 
I guess the whole reason of her leaving, like, for Thor 1 and Thor 2 is just there wasn't a whole lot of room for her. You know, they didn't give her a lot to do. She was just yeah. kind of, like, stereotype. Yeah. I, I thought she played an interesting character. There. No, and she I love the cat, the cat Dennings character. I loved her, too. Yeah. So the thing with that is, I believe, like, for her, she she actually was involved with the Endgame and Infinity War thing. Yeah. And she recorded speaking lines, but she didn't show up they on reused, set. They reused, yeah. They but they cut footage. most of the speaking lines. I think yeah. all of them, right? So she didn't talk at all in it. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm excited to see that, for sure, as far as Zally Portman. But the relationship back, but... probably wasn't as bad as it was made out. Yeah, so I don't think so. I think she was upset because Patty Jenkins ended up leaving Thor 2, as far yeah. as, like, creative and she differences. she made an amazing and... Wonder Woman. Yeah, I she made a really too. good Wonder Woman, yeah. Although, it turned out that uh, the guy who made... Uh, Ragnarok was amazing also. Taiki oh, Taco Wati. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he's doing a good job too as well. And he'll be he directing uh oh yeah. He'll be directing some of the Mandalorian episodes too. That's oh, gonna be that coming right? yeah, that's gonna, gonna be coming up on the live okay. stream. So another show I'm fascinated for. Yeah, I think they should have done like a bigger break as far as like with the movies, you know, as far as it's like, just exhausting. Yeah. You get three Marvel movies a year. It's like they they're all fine. Right. Um but and you do get one some of them is really ones. good. Yeah. yeah, Endgame is amazing. And Captain Marvel's fine, and Spider-Man, I know you guys like it more than me, but it's fine. Yeah. But we don't need all that. We Spider-Man. generally get, like, with the Marvel, like, two to three movie build-ups, yeah. and then one really good, you know, final kind of scene. Or and we're going to talk about it today. Today we're doing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and what it does when you block so much, when so much of the oxygen is taken from Star Wars, and Marvel, 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 it's hard to get other stuff out there yeah. that can really make a noise, make some box office money. And even when you don't have that, you know what makes all the money? The Lion King makes yeah. all the money. Which is fine. Everybody loves that movie. Congratulations. I have not seen it yet. I hear I'm it's sure not it's doing fine. too well critically. I mean, financially, it's, it's, a mixed it's doing really critically. well. I was yeah, surprised so, by that, actually. So, I mean, my, my girlfriend and her daughter saw it. And Did she so, like it? So... They both didn't really like it too much. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, so girlfriend was a little just like it was so long, and you know they didn't really throw anything new in there. It's basically shot for shot. A lot of the voice acting, like it's good, perfect voice acting, but same thing. It's just oh, the cast of the voices, yeah, is amazing. All that just, stuff is amazing. It's just you're giving them kind of the same lines, and also too, like it just doesn't match. You know the facial features of the lions. You know what I mean? It's all yeah. very bland. And then, of course, her daughter is very get, getting very antsy. So, I mean, and she's five. So, it's the thing is, like, like people know. are showing up for this thing. So, it doesn't really matter how much we complain about it. And I'll probably actually yeah, it's see it's going to make a movie. I'll see The Little Mermaid say. because I, I, that's my favorite of the animated movies. So, I'm looking a little bit forward to that one. But so far, the ones I've seen, I think I mentioned it already on Pod Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Kind of shot for shot. Yeah. Kind of unnecessary. Right. I don't know why we did that because the animated ones are just as good. But now, when you think about the streaming service, Filler, 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 options, a nice library, what they haven't sold to Netflix yet, they can put on there. So I get why they're doing it, but I still think, like, you're running the risk of, you're always supposed to leave the people wanting more. Yeah. You give people too much Star Wars, you're going to ruin the thing for everybody. Exactly. And I'm afraid of It's going to be overkill. Yeah, you're going to exactly. be done. So, and just kind of back to the Phase 4, you know, it would have been nice if they would have started back up. Like, let's say, you know, first movie came out, like, uh, when was Spider-Man come out? Like, May of 2019? 2019. I'd say yeah, give it, like, yeah. January of 2021. You know, The thing was, like, again, we and... talked about it. It's the Sony and Disney thing. There, there had to have been something. Yeah, there, there was something we, kind There's of nothing on. in the trades, really, about it. But the reality is Endgame's trying to, which it did, by the way, get number one all, all, all time. Yeah. To beat Avatar by a few million. It's probably, like, one, 2.8, I think. Right. So it might finish around three. It might get to three. I uh-huh. doubt it, but it might get to three. But you're, you're re-releasing Endgame against Spider-Man for from home that's weird yeah i don't know how that ended up happening you could have released spider-man in november it still would have made lovers quarrel yeah exactly so i don't get what they were doing there. yeah so yeah i think i would have liked a little bit better if they just would have started in 2021 with releasing his movies but in between that you know pull out the live stream and give us what if you know what i mean another interesting thing is uh, when they were when they were building up to phase four when they were building up to the infinity war stuff we got something like dr strange in there Uh which was new and different 
they cast Mahershala Ali as the new Blade. It yes. would have been better to like instead of giving us Spider Man and shepherd us, shepherding us into the next phase, right? Uh, so we can see Spider Man and how he's reacting to Tony Stark's death. Spoiler: uh, We could have got Blade, something totally different, something not in the same universe or just yeah. tertiary to that universe. Instead, uh, if they're I, if they're gonna release, if they're gonna make sure they release three movies a year, why not do it that way? Right? Well, why stay along and and we got to yeah. see murals of Tony Stark? So I mean, we we are getting Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, I'm looking is, forward to that. I yeah, appreciate so that. and that's gonna involve and Blade. I'm ready for yeah, Blade. I'm ready for Blade. Again. Excellent casting. It, it, look, just put the sunglasses on from Alita Battle Angel Mahershala, and you're basically yeah, you're Blade. Basically, that's you, it. you already got half the <laughs> costume. It. Yeah, you just, <laughs> just go sword. get uh, Nick Fury's jacket. Yeah, you're ready to go. Go get a sword. I hope we get Ryan Reynolds in one of these Blade movies. Can I see that? Like Blade Three, crappy Blade Three. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I mean, we are getting new stuff. I mean, because we've got some of the older stuff, like of course your WandaVision and then your Falcon and your Black Widow. But we are getting like basically, you know, of course Blade, Shang Chi. Let's. I, I know it's Comic Con. I know it's San Diego. I know this is talking flick, and this is what we do. But how about let's talk about the stuff that's not Marvel? Yeah, let's can do we it. talk about Absolutely. Top Gun Maverick? Yeah, can we talk about the greatest moment in the history of my life. So you want to know my little secret about <laughs> yeah, Top Gun? Yeah, tell me. I haven't seen it. Seen, I haven't seen oh the first my one. god! I know. What? I know. It's today. Gosh, I you know, know. they can't tell the difference between an orgy and a gangbang, and I've never seen Top Gun. I just and want to throw what? the mic. <laughs> it was really popular when I was in high school too. A lot of people loved watching Top yeah. Gun, and I just like you know I don't really want to watch oh, it's it. Great. And so like I hear it's very good. I know Goose doesn't make it. Goose does not make it. Anthony oh, Edwards. Man. I love Anthony. Listen, ER, when ER first came out in like 93 or 92 or somewhere around there, I was like, it's Goose. It's Goose from <laughs> Top Gun. It's the guy from uh, Ner- the Ner- Revenge of the Nerds. I think it's in both movies. Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it was Revenge of the Nerds. It's <laughs> not both. But he's amazing. He's a great actor and he kills that part. And you could just, if you pause, like I watched the trailer like 25 times because I'm an idiot and I love movies. But if you pause just the right time, you see Miles Teller with the mustache, the Goose mustache, like Anthony Edwards yeah. back, in, back in the day. I love that. That alone, prepay, I'm ready Miles to go. Miles Teller. <laughs> uh, I, I don't like Miles Teller, per se, although Whiplash is amazing. Yeah, her um, Whiplash is really good. But him as Goose's son, I think it makes sense. I kind of okay. like it. So the sad thing is Tony Tony Scott, who directed the first Top Gun, passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah. Brother of Ridley Scott. So that is weird. And I thought there was... So, I had, like, super, super, super highs with the trailer and super, super lows with uh-huh. it. I wasn't in love with the aerial footage. I wasn't in love that Tom Cruise... Is like a captain that's still flying fighter jets. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, how they, they try to see something? Or yeah, fifty four, fifty five. I think so. They try to yada 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 it with the Ed Harris saying like, "Why are you still a captain?" And he's basically like, "I don't know. It's life great mystery or whatever." Like, but that's not enough. You know, why would you still? Why would you be thirty five years in the in the air force? Or then what is he? A Navy pilot? I think he's a Navy pilot. Yeah, I think he's a Navy. Pilot. Yeah, so thirty five years, man. You, you should be an admiral. What's he's your problem? He's a fly boy. He loves to fly. <laughs> I guess so. whatever. He loves fly. And then he we didn't get to see Val man. Kilmer. Jennifer Connelly looks amazing in there. Uh, so I, I'm I, I hope it's good. Uh, again, like producer Ryan would yell at me for saying nostalgia. Know, yeah, nostalgia. <laughs> where's the originality? And I agree. I want new stuff. Once upon a time in Hollywood is something new. We're going to talk about that today. But sometimes you dip back into the well for something that you know should work. Yeah. It should be a no brainer. Hopefully they don't f it up. You guys mentioned last week the Jay and Silent Bob trailer. Yeah, I kind of agree with producer Ryan yeah. on this one too because I thought it was a little rehashy. Oh yeah, felt a little rehashy. It is, it now is. I'll be there for it. Oh I yeah, love those me guys. too. Yeah, talking flick drives the culture. Jason Lee, I want more of him in my movie, life. Man. Yeah, he's amazing. And so I was hoping Shannon Doherty might show up or something like that. Oh but, yeah, but we, can, we don't know who exactly he's going to be. We saw Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Boo Kitty Fuck. Yeah, Boo so Kitty Fuck is in it. Yeah, Shannon Elizabeth, right? Yeah, Elizabeth. So. I mean, it's gonna be re- it's gonna be interesting, and I will certainly be there. But I doubt. Like Kevin Smith, I think we had mentioned it on a pod before. Kevin Smith didn't do this necessarily because Jason Mewes 
stayed sober that whole time, although yeah. he has. Shouts to him. Uh, he did it because he had a heart attack, and he said, I didn't want my last movie to be Yoga Hosers, okay. so I need to make this movie, oh, wow. so that's okay. not my last one. But I hope he does other stuff, too, because I actually like the way yeah. Kevin Smith directs a movie. Yeah, I definitely would like to see this movie. I'd like to see him just do other things, just Me completely too, yeah. out of the normal. And same thing, I don't know why he hasn't gotten a comic book movie yet. Well, he makes a ton of movies from know? his podcast, Shouts, and he's got the IMDb yeah. bracket where he's he's going to these Comic-Con movies, and he's an interviewer, and he writes a bunch of stuff, too. So, But he's a good writer. Yeah. Uh, he said, you know what movie inspired him to be a writer? What told him he could write dialogue, which got you clerks, which got you yeah. mole rats chasing Amy. Three really amazing movies. Um, he watched Reservoir Dogs, and he's like, okay. "Oh, I didn't know you could write dialogue like that, like how people sort of talk uh-huh. in real life on steroids a bit." And that's what inspired him to be, uh, you know, write a movie like Clerks, which oh, is your man. favorite movie, my of, all favorite time, movie right? of all time. It's not quite Weekend at Bernie's, but it's a great movie. It's my island movie, <laughs> Desert Island, you <laughs> Clerks. So, uh, of course, we got the uh, the Zombieland Two Double Tap trailer. Interesting so. trailer. I didn't love love it, but it's interesting. It I love fun. I love me Woody Harrelson you know, sitting on the desk at the Oval Office, picking <laughs> up his feet. I'm fine with it. You get Luke Wilson. You got the kid Abigail from, uh, Breslin. You yeah. get uh, Emma, Emma Stone. Is back. Uh, is Rosario and, Dawson and in that too, or I didn't was that? See her. Was, was that someone else? Yeah, she was, was, in, there. Yeah, she was in there. I we'll thought. Look it up Jesse later. Eisenberg. And then what yeah. was made, the best part about the trailer was when they had the kid from the guy from Silicon Valley. Yes, yes. And they're like, right, "Am yeah. I? Is it? Is this real? Am I really seeing this? Yeah. It's just like two carbon copies." And Luke Wilson. <laughs> Luke Wilson. Yeah, yeah. You know, amazing. I, that's the thing. It's as far as Zombieland Two. Like, yeah, I think it's a little late to the game as far as coming out the sequel. But you know what? It looks really fun. The first one was really fun when I saw it in theaters. Me too. I had a lot of fun with it. You know. I think this is a good kind of, you know, you know what, just bring back the zombies as far as, you know, a good zombie fun movie. You know, give us the kills, Sneak give Bill us the Murray gore. In there somewhere. Just give yeah. us a, just a hint. Just, just give a us a Bill Murray Bill Murray Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but. so what about the TV stuff? Because I saw a lot of TV stuff that came out of Comic-Con, too. I was interested by uh-huh. a lot of HBO stuff. HBO's, I think they announced they're going to do HBO Max. There okay. might be a marriage between your DC streaming thing and HBO Max. That's a rumor. Um, but the Westworld trailer, the new Watchmen trailer, there was uh, the Picard, uh, Picard's not HBO, but Picard trailer right. came out. So a lot of interesting TV stuff came out of there, all of which I thought was kind of cool. Maybe okay. we get Dr. Manhattan and the Watchmen thing. Uh, TV series by uh, Lind- uh, Lindelof, who did Leftovers, uh-huh. right? So now we're hearing that Alan Moore, grumpy Alan Moore, who wrote the Watchmen graphic novel, oh, yeah. again, <laughs> didn't like the Zack Snyder movie, which is fine, actually. Yeah. Most of that movie I really like. Doesn't like this take on Watchmen either. I don't think he'll like any take of his. Why don't they just let him direct so. one and then he can stop bitching about it? <laughs> he'll make it too weird. I think so. it looks interesting. So. I think it looks really good. And you got a little bit of Dr. Manhattan in that trailer too as well. So you saw a little bit of the blue. Yeah, I love that. And I, hope, I, hope, I hope it's Billy Crudup. I hope we both, yeah, we both hope it's too. Billy Crudup. Yeah, yeah, so shouts just almost watching some old things. I'm growing my hair out of my mustache. There it is. Yeah. The Westworld thing, you saw the robots fighting Nazis. So I actually didn't see the Westworld Oh, you did? Oh, it's amazing. But you had me at robots fighting. Yeah, Nazis. that's all, that's I, all I need it. to say, right? I love, it, yeah. <laughs> I love seeing Nazis get beat up. How about the so, Picard? Did you see the Picard trailer? No, I didn't see the okay, Picard Okay, so that one, either, the so. second trailer, I think it's the second one, right? Uh-huh. The old teaser, and now there's a second one, a full one. You see uh, Data. Oh, at, okay. at the end of it. Which you mean Data? Data. data. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, no it's Data. Yeah, you can say either way. Tomato, tomato, right? So, but he shows up in the second. There's a little tease in the middle of the trailer, and then he talks at the end of it. Isn't technically, like, that... Wasn't there a different robot in Star Trek Nemesis? Because there it, was, there was some kind of like, his name was like B four or something yeah, like that. So, so, but yeah, they tried so. to switch the consciousness over. Or yeah, yeah so like I, saw, I actually saw that one in yeah, theaters. So, so. Apparent, oh, you saw that in theaters? I saw it in theaters. I was <laughs> that's the boy eight years old, I think, yeah. and I saw it in theaters. So I was never really a big, big Star Trek fan. I kind of um, fell in love with the Borg a little bit too much at the end. Really? There, yeah. So I so, thought so. 
because I was never really a big, big Star Trek fan, but I saw Deep Space Nine. Uh, the Picard one was just kind of, I was a little First too young. First season of Deep one. Space Nine, and then I didn't like it. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was a little too young when the Picard kind of series came oh, out. Next but, Generation? Yeah, Next, next generation. generation. I was pretty young for that. But so Deep right. Space Nine, I would watch. And of course, at that time, before, you know, we had cable and Netflix, you know what I mean? Before we had all these luxury items that you can have everything at your fingertips, yep. you just watch what you could. That's right. And I remember I used to watch Enterprise all the time. Enterprise was pretty good. If That's you remember, spectacular, right? It, yeah. That's if you remember the, the channel. Voyager was before Enterprise, right? I, I think watched Voyager a little bit of that before Enterprise. Right? Yeah. But I actually really liked Enterprise. But if you remember, if you remember a channel called UPN, that's where yeah, UPN. I know UPN absolutely. <laughs> that's where Enterprise. When there's nothing else on. on the other networks. You go to UPN. You go to Everybody UPN. Yeah. So you know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but I'm really excited. We got a lot of good stuff kind of coming out right now, and I'm excited to see it. Uh, one last little bit of trailer movie news that I had was I saw the Rambo Last Blood trailer. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it'll be fun too. You know. I liked uh, it's Rambo Four, right? And yeah, I kind of liked it. They have that scene where like he he gets on the 50 cal and mows oh, everybody yeah. in half like it's an amazing scene i think this looks interesting enough yeah it's fine it kind of goes back to the first rambo movie where he's like in america on on the land just doing his own thing like it should be okay i'll, I'll probably watch it I'll i don't know if i'll watch it, it in a theater but i'll watch it yeah it looks like it's like mindless fun do we worry a little bit i just want to talk briefly about i know we talked about the numbers on talking flick netflix who had said they were going to gain x number of viewers came in like 50% under that and wow. dropped 45% stock-wise. Now, they're rebounding a little bit over the last few days. Uh-huh. Do we think that, like, because the Marvel thing, or the D- the the Disney Marvel situation, that streaming service coming out, HBO Max is going to be an enhanced streaming service, are we, is Netflix going to die eventually, or is this here to stay? I think Netflix is going to stay around for a while, or if anything, the brand name will stay a while, because right. Hulu's owned by Disney. Do so we think, let me ask you this, man. Do we think that, because I know you, we've talked about it before, like, so we, between all of us, we have basically everything. Yeah, and, yeah, basically, there, yeah. But we don't, none of us have all of it. Yeah. So, like, do we think that, like, we're going to start to see mergers between, like, Amazon Prime and Netflix? If you oh, want, yeah, you absolutely. Other, yeah. I think, I, I think so. And I think that's, like, the safest way to do it, too. Like, you were talking about with HBO Max, I think it was, and yeah. DC. I think that's a great idea right there, because... The DC app has some really good solid things as far as Swamp Thing. You have Young Justice, right. and then you also have... Uh, well, think about this. Super Consider Trump. this. If HBO buys out the DC thing and they're connected, maybe Swamp Thing can have that bigger budget. Yeah, absolutely. Want, so, right? so, But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I definitely think, as far as the streaming wars goes on, they're definitely going to have some team-ups. You know, I'm exhausted you got by it. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I think we should, like, I kind of miss the old way. Like, we're basically, we're just going to turn into cable anyway. Give me Blockbuster. Cable can- yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> give me Blockbuster. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Shouts. <laughs> oh, gosh. But... Yes, I mean, that's all I got for movie news right there. You got anything right there, Nick? No, I think we're good. That covers basically everything. All right, so we're just going to go into uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the ninth film of director Quentin Tarantino. So those of you who don't know, uh, I guess the story of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is how Quentin Tarantino likes to rewrite history. So that, That's how you're describing yeah, it? That's how I would describe it. <laughs> do you want to um, ask so, producer Ryan what he thinks about this Yeah, movie? what do you think Ryan would think Let me see. If I was producer Ryan, I'd probably say something like, Charles Manson, you my homie, Charles Manson. You my homie. <laughs> did they say homie back then, too? No, they definitely didn't. No, they didn't. Yeah. You <laughs> my brother. Did they, say, did they say brother? Yeah, they might have said that. Peace and love. Bruce Lee's kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this well, is basically the movie about how Quentin Tarantino thought Bruce Lee was kind of a dick. <laughs> well, I heard he was kind of a dick always. Yeah, I think, so, he yeah, I think I've I think heard he about that before. So, uh, but as always, we'll kind of go non-spoiler into spoiler, but just okay. kind of keep in mind that like things, to... things like well, well, do you want to go straight into spoiler? <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Let's, we can, spoiler, we, can, we so. can go non-spoiler. Okay, we'll I'm, just... I'm very, I'm actually writing the review as uh, basically uh, right before we record. Yeah, I'll probably finish it up after we record. I'm struggling with this movie a bit. Yeah, it's a little uh, hard. It's a weird one. Oh, just real quick spoiler warning, even non-spoilers, because sometimes things yeah, yeah. You don't want to know nothing. So, <laughs> do you think it's worth watching in theaters? It's, that's not really. Oh a spoiler, man! Not spoiler, so that's an interesting but... question right off the bat, right? So, what I would say is, if you're going to see it 
and you are a Tarantino fan. Yeah. You know how, like, The Hateful Eight kind of made you feel cold because of the cinematography and the sound, right. like The Revenant did? And Django kind of puts you in the hot, uh, the hot yes. south with the humidity. It's kind of the same thing in this movie. You want to feel a little California vibe. The soundtrack is interesting. Okay. The, the tone and some of the some of the uh, film, the sound editing in this movie kind of puts you in that place. Yeah. I would say see it in the theater. If you okay. want the real experience, you should go to the theater. But I would I would hedge your expectations yeah. just a tiny, tiny. Don't bit. drink as much water and don't and, yeah. be, and don't eat as much. Two forty. You want to talk I, about? I had to use the bathroom God. and I was trying to hold it and then oh, I had yeah. to walk out to go use the bathroom real I'm quick. I'm an old man. I yeah. made it all the way in. Shouts, oh. shouts to my. I had, a, I had a whole pizza before <laughs> I went in and saw it, so I was just like, "Why did I do I, this?" One <laughs> of my frequent complaints about Tarantino is his editing situation. As he becomes more and more powerful and famous. Uh, he can do whatever he wants. He gets total control over oh, yeah. these films. But, you know, Django uh, is a little bit 245, eh, 20, well, 25 minutes too long uh-huh. when you get back to the plantation and you're blowing up the house. And <laughs> there's a bit much. After Christoph Waltz's character and DiCaprio's character dies, you could wrap it up there in about 11, 12 right. minutes. It goes on for another 30, 35. A Hateful Eight was 307. I forgot Pulp Fiction was almost three hours. Yeah, they're all really like long that. movies. That one I get. But, like, sometimes, like, he puts stuff in there that's unnecessary. Yeah. This one, I, I actually give him some credit for having some restraint. What he does in this one, I know producer Ryan talks about red herrings quite a bit, is a bit of the thing where he's like, you feel like something terrible is about to happen, and then it goes on and on and on and nothing bad happens. Yeah. Him. So that's interesting, and I like that he switched that up a bit. But still, 239, I think, is this movie? Eh, you could yeah. have saved a few minutes it's, off in there. And I think it's 245, isn't it? Oh, is it 245? Yeah, okay, so right. this is the first yeah, Tarantino, Tarantino movie, because I saw Django in theaters. I did not yeah. see Hateful Eight in theaters. I saw it in theaters. But yep. this was the first time I was just like, maybe because it was late, I caught the 1015 showing. Oh, you saw it And I was just like, man, how long is this movie? And I checked my phone real quick, and it's 1230. I'm like, oh, my God. And so, I saw it with this one. I saw it It's a long movie. Yeah. And I asked, like, did it feel long to you guys? It didn't actually feel long to me. Yeah. So that's why by the end of it, when it ends, because it ends sort of abruptly, I thought we had about 20 more minutes to go. Yeah. Um, but when I walked out of the theater of reflection, like, it's it's one of these things where, like, it gives you a little bit more than what you want from the main characters. Right. And not enough of the tertiary sort of side characters where the Sharon Tate stuff from a place, right. which is super interesting, but he just stays on the edges of it. Because this is definitely the story of just, you know, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, Cliff, Cliff, and uh, uh, Rick Dalton, Rick right? Rick Dalton, yeah. Yeah, so, and I, which, by the way, they make a great duo, Brad Pitt and Leo. So, we're, so we're not going to do spoilers right away, so we talk about some other stuff, and of course I'm going to talk the numbers. Yeah. But uh, Tom Cruise, it was going to be Tom Cruise and the Cliff Booth character. How okay. does that movie work? Does it work? I think I don't it, know. You know what? Brad Pitt... Who's has, older than DiCaprio, yeah, by the way. He looks DiCaprio. much better than DiCaprio. So, he takes his shirt off on the roof, and I'm like, he's 15 years older than yeah. me. Yeah. I, I hate, Brad, him. Brad I hate Pitt, him. Just like I hate I, Samuel Jackson. So I think this is how I could sum it up. Brad okay. Pitt has more of a, you know, 50s, 60s cool vibe. He looks like to, Steve yeah. McQueen. You know what's yeah, funny is that Damian Lewis from home, uh, Homeland, right? And uh, Dreamcatcher, he plays Steve McQueen yes, in this movie. Yes, that's right, that was him, yeah. Brad Pitt would have been an amazing Steve McQueen. Yeah. He, he should have been Steve McQueen uh-huh. and just make Steve McQueen the, the fucking buddy. And they, always, they ask him, too, they're like, you're a little handsome to be a stepmate. He's that's like, what yeah, they tell I agree with that. So, <laughs> my wife, who so. saw the film with me, said that he was basically playing the uh, same character from Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Which is a bit of that. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a bit of that. Did you there. notice any references between the wider kind of Tarantino universe? Because sometimes they have that I looked I looked at I really didn't see too much. Much. Yeah. And I give him actually credit for that, for distancing himself from some of the other films. Now, what you get is that sort of revisionist historical stuff. Right. The, the different take on history. Like, we've actually seen now, it's almost three, I don't know, The Hateful Eight, you kind of count it. Certainly uh-huh. Django with destroying the plantation and blowing up that stuff. And then obviously killing Hitler and Glorious Bastards. Yeah. Now you're essentially 
doing a revisionist on this Sharon Tate, Charles Manson yeah. stuff. And so that's a through line. I know Tarantino is just people who commit like, uh, what's the word? Atrocities or atrocities. atrocities. There we go. I don't know why I can think about that. Well, but it's like people who commit atrocities. He loves giving them very violent, very, yes. you know, intense deaths. Again, non, non-spoiler, right? But what I would say is in this movie, unlike the Hateful Eight, where it's like really the vomit yeah. and, the, and the dick being shot off. Spoilers for Hateful Eight, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it's like a bit much, right? So this one, there's some restraint and I kind of appreciated it. Right. It still gets a little goofy, uh, which again, when we get into spoilers, we get into the specifics of it. But for, I, I actually, I, I expected it, like he used this thing where I know Tarantino movies, I know what to expect, right. at least so I think, and then he doesn't really give it to you uh, as much as he normally would. Uh-huh. And I appreciate you that. You expect a gangbang and you yeah, get an orgy. I expect so. <laughs> That's exactly right, right? <laughs> it's very confusing. Millennials today. These kids today. Do we think, okay, so we don't, so we don't think, I don't think Tom Cruise could have pulled this off. And no, I'm I don't think so It worked out the way it did. Yeah. Uh, Pitt's almost perfect for this and he gets I, a lot of screen time. Uh-huh. Uh, so we, again, non-spoilers, do we think any Oscars come out of this? I, you know I like to bring it up. Ah, oh, man. I think DiCaprio I think might have something there. Has Brad Pitt won an Oscar before? I think he has, but I just don't did know. Did he win an Oscar? Wrong. I don't think he did. He actually was part of Moonlight because he's in the production company, oh, but really? I don't think he won an acting one. You know, Am I missing that? He was nominated for it, Benjamin Button. Uh-huh. Um, I think he might have been nominated for Legends in the Fall. I think he could get a good supporting actor out of this. I don't know. I mean, they're both very good. Like his Leo, range, Everyone's really good in this. The so. weird thing is, I hate to talk about bo- uh, both sides of my mouth, but like his range is super limited. Uh-huh. Uh, he doesn't do, like, even in Benjamin Button, that's probably showing a decent amount of range. But it's a been a long of, time since I've yeah, seen it. I, I read I, it for Blockbuster. I ride for a Martin Grest film, I think, uh, called uh, Meet Joe Black, which uh, not yeah. a lot of... It's very uh-huh. classical filmmaking with Anthony Hopkins and Claire Filani. I love yeah. that movie, but he's very flat in that. And, like, he can do that. Like, he can do handsome, flat, stoic, somewhat mysterious, tough. Right. But he, I don't think he could do Maverick and Top Gun. Yeah. You know what I mean? So his, you think it's because of his looks? I think it is. I think it is. Unfortunately, too, like so. just like with a beautiful woman, like you, it's harder for it's or an hard. ugly man. Or you know, an ugly, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Like or Steve Buscemi, really or Dee, right? Although some movies do a great job. You ever see The Cooler, which is Alec Baldwin, uh-huh. William H Macy? Uh, it's a fantastic movie. I know what you're talking you know what about. about. I know it's very oh, it's great. So like it can be done claimed, yeah. with the smart script and stuff. But but so I would say like I wouldn't nominate Pitt just because well they're not asking him to do stuff that he isn't good at already. Yeah. It's basically the Ocean's Eleven guy or the Inglorious Bastards guy or the Legends of the Fall guy right. as Cliff Booth in a Tarantino <laughs> movie, you know, which isn't bad because that's exactly what it needs, but it's not it's not yeah. showing a ton of And now these are these are our main characters in this movie. Right. I mean, Leo right. and then... Uh, when you see DiCaprio yeah. talk to himself in the mirror, now that's, oh, that's something that's you could good. see in an Oscar clip. Yeah, you know? that's and So solid. that's why I think he gets... Oh, I was going to say, the, the Margot Robbie thing, like, I actually think she does an amazing job as Sharon Tate. I love a choice, and it's not really a non-spoiler, when she's watching herself in the... the the Dean Martin movie. Oh, yes. Uh, it, the Wrecking Crew. Valley I think it's called The Wrecking Crew. They oh, mentioned Valley yeah. of the Dolls, oh, but she's also it, yeah. in that film, but it's The Wrecking Crew, Dean Martin movie she's in, and she's watching herself, but the movie is showing the real Sharon Tate. Right. It's a great choice. I mean, it's so, so smart that Tarantino does something like that, but even her, like, I felt like they objectified her just a tiny, tiny bit much. Uh-huh. A lot of legs, a lot of, there's so many feet in this movie, by the way, as a foot guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's quite Tarantino, yeah. Tarantino. yeah. Tarantino. Always but, feet. So. Always feet, which is always great. But, like, in this one, I felt like there was a lot of her walking and not enough of her dialogue. Yeah. Which is weird, because we know Tarantino's an amazing dialogue writer. So that, 
I think will limit her when it comes Oscar season. She looks great. She when she does get the opportunity, she nails it every single time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if there's enough there. I mean, I feel like this one because this is Quentin Tarantino's kind of love story to like fifties and sixties westerns, and also feels well, he's like he's a spaghetti western guy. Yeah. The three Sergio. I mean, he is. The, I mean, if you, I took a college class once on spaghetti westerns. Like, God, I have to sit through this for how many weeks? You know. But you learn a lot about film, and uh-huh. there's so much of that in this one. What he really does is he kind of gives you that like. Hollywood can save the world thing, right. or Hollywood can save this situation. And it can kill Hitler. It can set yeah. people straight about slavery. It can now save an individual. This one's more personal because it's Sharon Tate's story. Right, exactly. So, so I would feel as far as like, it's definitely that love letter to that 50s and 60s kind of you know spaghetti yeah. westerns, but it's also kind of and like... And this one's kind of romantic in yeah. a way. This and, one, more than the other ones, like really is has like a really... Uh-huh. Uh, I want to say, like, I use the word all the time, but, like, an endearing love letter to those spaghetti westerns right. and to film, unlike the other ones. It also feels like just at that very point, because 69, you know what I mean? It's the death of the kind of the western, too, as well. And because you're moving into the 70s and everything. This know, is this works and, perfectly with our Almost Famous podcast, Yeah, right? basically, so, yeah, right there. The, so. the rock and roll is being uh, commercialized. Because that's destroyed. 73 or 72 is uh, Almost Famous. Early 70s. Early, early 70s, 70s, yeah. Or 72, I think, I can't remember. But so this is the same thing. So 68 is Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. That sets Polanski off. This is the very next year. Uh, I love that they sort of pick. I had read something that Polanski was going to be in this movie. I guess that's. Ooh, not that probably, probably would have been yeah, a little. Cause yeah, because it would have been like in poor taste for it. You know, yeah, for a lot of controversy. Exactly. He's convicted. There. Is he convicted or is I don't he... think. No, he hasn't. He, he was. Did he get convicted? He fled, I thought, before the conviction. I think that's down. what happened. So he he's like in return. Sweden right now. He's married so. to an actress. I think it's Emmanuel Singer. She's been around. Uh-huh. She was in one of the Mission The first Mission Impossible. The first Mission Impossible. That's his wife now, but he cannot return. Yeah. But still, Tarantino could flew. Over to it would have been poor taste. Yeah, it would have been poor taste. It was weird, like when it cuts to the ending, and again, we're not. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I thought there was going to be like uh, another scene after that, uh, but we never got it. Yeah, but again, smart in in a weird way too. This one is more of a thinker in terms of Tarantino. I thought the Hateful Eight was somewhat lazy and a little gratuitous and too too long. Uh Even though I still enjoy it because I enjoy his dialogue and I enjoy his take and his editing. Yeah, this one was the other way. Like I liked the way he approached it. And I like the structure of the film, but the editing was a little weird, and I didn't get enough of what I wanted out of it. Yeah. So I think my favorite theme, of, my theme as far as uh, throughout this movie, I don't know, maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. I'm sure you oh, will. Definitely so, yeah, you sure you will. But it's really. Just <laughs> By the like... way, last week therapy sessions with Garbage Boy, <laughs> you needed to cut producer Ryan off a couple times. There, I was pulling for you to cut him off, but you're too nice. I was looking for uh, <laughs> who uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter was. <laughs> yeah, Zoe Kravitz. How did you know that was She's great on Big Little Lies. Oh, come on. <laughs> but anyways, the theme I really liked about this movie is just the death of the Western. That's Lisa Bonet's kid, too. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet. Lisa right? Bonet, yeah. yeah. So, but anyways, with this movie, with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's just, it's the death of the Western, and you're moving into the 70s, you're moving yes. to a brand new decade, yes. and it's really, you feel it as far and it's as spelled out for you too because. Pacino basically says, look, you're the bad guy now. You're, so the young guy can come in, beat you up, yeah. because you're somewhat recognizable. This is your career for the next you're launching years. everybody else's yeah. career now. So. And, even, uh, and basically uh, that's Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood is the guy who went over and did A Fistful of Dollars and whatever, all those other movies. Those are Sergio Leone and all these the three Sergios that made these spaghetti westerns. That's, I, I guess to some degree, Jack Dalton is some... Cor- I didn't read that anywhere because I Rick Dalton. Yeah, Rick Dalton. Yeah, Rick Dalton. He's going to have some correlation with the... Clint Eastwood, I would think. I yeah. guess that's the closest one, right? Yeah, I mean, because they even talk a little bit about it as far as, like, Rick Dalton, where he's like, I'm a has-been, and right. then he has that emotional Eastwood moment was later on. Manza, right? I think so. Yeah, so, 
he has that emotional moment where he's just like, you know, eight years ago, Westerns were the thing, and now it's kind of not really there as much anymore. I'm, and so I'm not a big, giant spaghetti Western guy, uh-huh. even though I took the college course on it. And a bunch of people, I'm sure, will tweet me at Real Watch about how I'm missing the point on all these spaghetti Westerns. But I always appreciated the, the different takes they took on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the Sergios, it's not Sergio Leone, but one of the other Sergios, or the big three Sergios that did all those Italian spaghetti Westerns, had like the more political takes on it. Uh-huh. And in the 60s and 70s, especially early 70s, that was really interesting. Um, and of course, like when you look at the shadows on the ground, the way the film's cut, the way they use music in the background, those are beautiful things that have inspired not just Tarantino, but directors and yeah, even Marvel films. To certain, so. Yeah, all throughout. So obviously shouts to that. But I was a little bit taken back by what hit point was he trying to make using Sharon Tate in correlation with that. Yeah. Like we know his love for Hollywood movies. We know his love for spaghetti westerns in that context. Uh-huh. But why Why the Sharon Tate story? Why the Manson right. story? Especially when you're going to stay so periphery to it. Uh-huh. That, did you, were you surprised so, that we got so little based on what the movie yeah, so was? I mean, one last thing before we kind of go into, uh-huh. you know, before yeah, we get spoilers, into spoilers. But yeah, before we get into spoilers, because it just kind of felt like I know because as far as like reading about it too, where they said it feels very back to roots as Pulp Fiction. I didn't really get that at all. I did not get that. I did not. I did. Some, did you yeah. read that somewhere? I read that somewhere. I try I really hard not to read anything before I finish yeah. my review, so I, that's why my research is so poor uh-huh. for this movie. But I would say that like I for sure I don't see it's, that. Yeah, I, I see don't, Django. So. I see Inglorious Bastards. Oh yeah, I see maybe a touch of Hateful Eight. So right. recent Tarantino stuff. I do not see Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, the di- there's not enough dialogue for that, and I do not see well, Pulp Fiction. The editing wasn't really. They didn't yeah. have any of that. I feel like this they does didn't have... cut the timeline. They didn't do any of it. Right. Really. I feel like it does have a lot of dialogue. It definitely doesn't feel Reservoir Dogs. It definitely doesn't feel quite Pulp Fiction, or I would say at all Pulp Fiction. But I just because of Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, the dialogue just really captures you, and it really just kind of you know it brings you and wraps you into the story. I never really felt that during this. I never really felt I was too too involved with it. There were certain moments I really did get involved, but some dialogue it missed with me. I don't know if that was you too. Uh, but I it had was some like laughing. Up. Certainly, the girl, the little girl, when he's filming. Yeah, the, I mean, some of that stuff is great it's just, and really good acting. By the, the, the hits were really yeah. Big hits. When the it hits really came, they nailed it. Yeah, right? they nailed it. But right. I, like when you get the fast talking Reservoir Dog dialogue, and even the fast talking Pulp Fiction, where there's like fifty quotable lines, right. whatever you want to talk about. This movie doesn't really have that. Yeah. And I wonder what he, like, was it done intentionally? Or uh-huh. is he getting, is he, is he, is he an idea guy and less of a script guy now? Yeah. Maybe that's the case. I though. mean, because they always talk about it. And same thing like we talked about with Kevin Smith. You know, I mean, it's just people change. You know what I mean? That's why they're not making the same movies they did 20, 30 years ago. And so. I don't want to see the same thing over yeah, and over exactly. again. Which is why I give this movie maybe a little more credit. I could have given it a lower rating when we get to yeah. ratings. But I gave it a little more credit because it was different than what I expected. Yeah. I expected the Hateful Eight, Django and Glorious. I got, 60% of that but there's mm-hmm. 40% that's kind of different in this one yeah and I would say you know still kind of keeping it non-spoiler it's just hit or miss yeah I don't know if I want to label this movie as a hit or miss it definitely is entertaining but I would say the things that hit we both saw it really very hit. recently yeah. it's opening weekend we both saw it very recently so I, I kind of want to see it a second time yeah me too you know I, mean? I definitely yeah. will admit to the audience that like I really need to process yeah. this and uh, so even just well, with the rating with the review I got to uh-huh. process it a little bit yeah more. I need I need to watch it a second time I just want to watch it a second time to kind of get a little bit deeper feeling we'll do but it's not the easiest rewatch I wouldn't say that yeah it's know? a little hard it's to a sit little hard. two hours and 45 40, minutes yeah, yeah. you know you're it's not three hours as an adult <laughs> yeah so, so I'll see if I can make time for it but are you ready to move into spoilers let's do it let's do okay. spoilers we got a specific so real quick before you know we kind of go right into it i missed i wonder i wonder if you can fill it in because okay. i had to use the bathroom right okay. i was holding it for so long bathroom. you know i had to use the bathroom 
I missed from the point where uh, Rick, or sorry, uh, Cliff comes back and they're watching FBI together on yes. TV. Amazing. And so I missed that point. I, I saw where he makes the headshot and everything. They're yeah. still watching it. He puts the acid cigarette in the in the thing and everything. Yeah. And uh, and so from that scene until basically uh, Brad Pitt is doing a dialogue over it and you see Sharon Tate painting her room. What did I miss between that? Do you remember? Pretty much was... nothing. Okay, all pretty right. Pretty much nothing. There's they have a little banter back and forth. Because he's doing kind of brief. time logs. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Yeah, pretty much nothing. Okay. Nothing of super, super significance there. Okay, nothing yeah, so too crazy. Don't oh, okay. Right. I was like, what did I miss? It's yeah, still... it's just a little bit of banter between them, and then it's cut to Tate, who's in her bedroom, right? Yeah. The kid's room, I think, right? And yeah, she's standing, she's pregnant exactly. and everything. I think there's so. some of that Jay Sebring, Emile Hirsch character. There's a little bit there, but nothing of super significance. Did you feel that Sharon Tate was going to die in this movie? Because I thought she was going to die in this but i also knew that um, you know tarantino likes to rewrite history so i my prediction was she was not because okay. i had seen obviously django and inglorious and yeah. i figured that's the way it would go and i was fine with that now, yeah. it's not like i needed her to die but i expected a different ending a more maybe possibly a more gory ending or something like that well that was pretty gory in general it was gory yeah, like yeah, when I i'm like, used I to like, like samuel part. jackson getting his dick shot off and yeah. Kurt Russell vomiting for 25 minutes and yeah. late. Like, yeah, as much as Team America. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, <that's> <laughs> Shout out to Team Aww. America. Amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so I was a little bit surprised that I actually considered it tame even though people who never see Tarantino movies yeah. will be shocked, you know. But oh, yeah. For people who are very familiar with Tarantino, it's not that bad. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, now, when you get to the flamethrower stuff, oh, it's amazing. Oh, that's textbook Tarantino. Let me, just, ask, oh, let me ask you a couple questions before okay, we get into yeah. that because I know we can't go scene for scene on this thing. It's two if hours only, before. right? Two hours Right. Minutes, yeah. did, did Cliff Booth kill his wife? I want to know. Okay. What do you think about that? Because uh, <laughs> we, we don't even get enough of his background. I, I wanted... We just get that either, one shot. That yeah, one you scene, need right? to give me less of him or you need you need to give me more of him. They gave me like so, something in the middle that makes me uncomfortable. By the way, when he goes to the hippie place, uh, the... Uh, oh, George's... Uh, okay, so yeah, there's a red right. herring there. So we think some violence is going to break out. Yeah. It does not. He talks to the guy. That's Bruce Stern in a small cameo yeah. there. I thought he was going to die there, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. He's going to die 50 minutes in or an right. hour in, and he does not. Like, there's a that lot of was, those little moments in this movie. So that was, I felt that was a very tense moment. And also Me because too. of the score, too, when they're playing yeah, the music. Yeah, excellent And, you know, there. of course, because he, he had the dynamic, and that's really kind of where and that hits. And it's slow. Yes. There's not a ton of talking, and he's so, like, he doesn't have big lines. They're yeah. very just short little quips that he gives you. Yeah. you know? I, I love that whole dynamic as far as, because like we talked about, where when it's, it's a hit, a it's a big right. hit. Right. It hits it on the nail, you know what That's I mean? Margo and Mar Margaret so, Qualley from uh, The Nice Guys. She's from The, the Leftovers. Leftovers. Yeah, I just was going to say The she's Leftovers. Got a, yeah. She's got a future. She's good. Yeah, she's, she's got really good. So, but I really love it when they're just doing that dialogue. And of course, you know, Cliff is talking. He's like, you know, I think I'll go ahead and say hi because yeah. I don't know what I'm going to see him. Because he and knows. Then, like, they show her unlock the door. Yeah. She goes back and sit down. There's so many things that you think may happen. He might be asleep. I fucked his brains out yeah, earlier. Exactly. You know what I mean? Just stuff like that. But and in so. the end, like, it's actually somewhat true to history. They used the young women. They pimped them out. They did all that. Charles Manson had done all this stuff to get yeah. to see what he needed. And that's essentially, that's Dakota Fanning in a great little role there. What's yeah. her name in the movie? Oh, uh, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. The red... it's squeaky. It's squeaky. Yeah, squeaky. Right? Yeah, there squeaky. we go. Yeah, squeaky. It's a super cute part and an interesting part. And then you get to Bruce Dern. He's like, well, she, you know, she loves me. So yeah. they can stay as much as... Yeah, basically, he didn't care what was going on. Yeah, exactly. So, so that that was fascinating. And then when he beats the guy to make him change his tire, also amazing. Uh -huh, and then really again, good. the guy's coming back on the horse. Text. Possibly another moment where something bad's going to But it does not because you see the car driving yeah, away. Yeah, you see it driving so, away. So. Just, just a lot of those little things, which I want to give Tarantino credit for. I would expect him to do something violent there. Right. Here he pulls the reins back and he just gives you the tense anticipation, does not deliver on it. Right. And that's kind of different for him, which I give him some credit for. Yeah. And 
I like that he explored that a bit because same thing. I'm getting real tense as far as like Brad Pitt. I was. Walking I was kind of like house. watching my. I'm like, is he gonna get shot? Like, yeah. Is he gonna die? Because I don't want him gone. Yeah, yeah, I like exactly. him, and I don't know yeah. enough about him yet. So yeah, so, it turns out I never find out. Yeah, like I said, just <laughs> so did he kill his wife? Tell me if you think he's killed. Oh, I think he killed his wife. Do you? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Do you think? I hope I think he, he did. didn't, but I Because that whole scene have. when he's, like, grabbing the harpoon gun. <laughs> he's pointing and, it basically at her. You yeah. know you don't point your weapon at anything you don't intend to kill. So it is a little bit weird there. <laughs> it but... is why, you know, mouthing <laughs> off. I married a loser, yada, 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 I wonder if that has anything to do so... with the John Carpenter, uh, what's that, uh, Natalie Wood situation, too. There's some stuff there. There's some oh, really? Minimal core. Yeah, so there's some... I don't know if that's intentional <laughs> well, or not. He did talk... That happened on a boat when Natalie Wood died. So. Oh, my gosh. So they did talk about as far as, like, when he's, uh when he's driving that girl home back to the ranch as far as like the laws yeah, trying to get uh, yeah, me my exactly. whole life it's he not mentions the me chain gang right to yeah. the one guy too so he's, he's just like it's not gonna get me for some poutine you know yeah, like it's been trying you. to get me for that <laughs> and so but yeah there's some really she's 25 by the way oh, she's she 25? 25 yeah yeah she looks she could play like uh, she could look yeah she, she could be 16 yeah, in this for sure yeah, exactly. so, I mean, I mean, she's great in the nice guys and of course the costumes in this too really cool very well done I think Rumor Willis plays a hippie somewhere in there Zoe Bell who's done a lot of Tarantino movies is in there she plays the husband of Kurt Russell's stunt or whatever he coordinates the stunt yeah. movie set. A lot of interesting little female parts. Like they don't get a ton of moments, but they're really, really well cast. And, and yeah, I feel like song. that's a lot of people in this movie. You have big name actors in these small roles. They're only in there for like you know less than five minutes or eight minutes. One of the, and, one of the few things job. I read was that Sharon Tate's real life sister. Now I thought like when I left the theater, I had a little bit of like how much of this is in poor taste, considering the real history. Like. Right. You can't use cinema to save Sharon Tate's life. She's dead. And yeah. Charles Manson's in prison and this all happened. So there's some... And I, I'm not big on that. You should be allowed to play with these things as much as you want. Right. But it's different when you're talking about, like, history. Or, I'm sorry, yeah. Hitler and slavery. Right. That's broad. Now you're talking about a specific family and a specific yeah. incident. And you got the weirdness of Polanski mixed in there. So uh -huh. that's weird. I, I wonder how many people would be offended. But I was kind of... Um, I was kind of consoled by that because I, the one thing I read was that Sharon Tate's sister saw the movie, cried, and loved the performance of Margot Robbie. Wow. So wow. I guess to that degree, well, you know. You know, let's talk a little bit about that ending okay. fight scene. You okay. know what I mean? Since we're kind of leaning into All it. Right. You know, you just because, you know, Tarantino loves to rewrite history. And, of course, the hippies who are going to go kill Sharon Tate's <laughs> house, they don't go to Sharon Tate's house. Right. Okay. Well, let's talk and about so, that. Let's take okay, a pause okay, there for a minute okay. because, you so, know, I like to cut you off. So, Before we get into specifically the fight yeah. scene... What I thought there was, okay, now I know where this is going. Instead uh -huh. of going to Sharon Tate's house, they're going to go to Rick Dalton's house. Yeah, Rick Dalton. Yeah. Okay, so fine. That's that's fine. Yeah. But the way they get to that is lazy. <laughs> is it not lazy? The one crazy lady in the back's like, hey, man, why don't we just destroy Hollywood and the people who built it up? I thought it was fine. Yeah, I thought I it was know. hilarious. I felt like we could have well, got something better. So, uh, because I thought like, they could have been confused. Uh -huh. Like, be confused with the two houses right. instead or something. Be, be, because before we kind of go into, uh, you know, talking about the actual final fight scene in it, um, because the whole thing with the Tarantino universe, it's like an alternate dimension universe where it's a very violent history. Yes. And they actually talk about it a bit because Hitler was killed in such a violent matter. That's you know, amazing. and a lot and of that, I saw Glorious Bastards opening weekend and like this, they did yeah. like a standing ovation for that. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> who doesn't like, you know, yeah, who, but it's who Hitler. Would to see Hitler get shot H in the face. Hitler, <laughs> so. in terms of like IP or historical figures, is one right. thing. Sharon Tate is more of like a nuanced, very personal. No, I understand. To me, it doesn't yeah. seem like. I could well. What I would say is, I'm fine with it. But I could see, like you know, you guys talk about all the yeah. time how sensitive people can be. I could see a backlash saying, um, you know, it's a too little sensitive, yeah, too soon. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can't save her, Tarantino. So why are you putting a family in right. a situation where she may have lived? No, and I can understand that too. But the reason I kind of saw behind it is because with this whole Tarantino universe, because of the death of Hitler and how they portray Hitler and everything, because that's an accurate history in these Tarantino movies, is basically 
this is a violent America, or this is a very more violent it's all about kind of violence. world. Yeah, yeah. All and actually, violence, if you so. lean back on this film, and if I see it a second time, which I eventually yeah. will, even though I don't think it's super rewatchable, what I would say is there there are bullet points and smart things in here that I couldn't totally process the first time I saw uh-huh. it that are painting that picture of violent America, yeah. and the progression of it. Uh, now again, I couldn't capture them all in that first viewing right. in a crowded theater, but you I watch do. It a second time. Yeah, so, so yeah, I do think yeah. there are smart things that he's trying to do. I don't. Well, well, I don't know if he pulls it off. Because Sense and Glorious Bastards and even definitely Django Unchained and right. Hitler, you know, violence has been a very big theme in those movies. Yeah. And so he, that's why it kind of felt natural as far as let's kill the people who taught us violence because it's And TV, let's do it in a brutal manner. Yeah, violence. and let's do it in a brutal manner. Make it When we talk about, like, stuff, you, you so. want to get into specifically that fight scene, like, he, Cliff Booth, Oh, Cliff Dooku is amazing. On these females. Yeah. Like, he, like, okay, after you've hit her four times, she's out. You don't have to, like, now go to the fireplace. Well, so, you know and I mean? away like, we go. So you don't have he, to boot to the face, you know? Yeah. Like, we don't have to go that crazy. So, you know, it really took me surprised by just how gory and violent it is. And that's why I'm okay with, you know, them going to Rick Dalton's house. Because it's so funny this that is I a, say this it's a different pain, dimension. But you say, yeah. like, it's weird because, again, when you talk about Inglourious Bastards, you talk about Django, uh, you talk about Hateful Eight. I felt like those were, like, nines. I kind of feel like this one's a seven and a half, even uh-huh. though the one moment of violence you get is very, it's out there. You yeah, know? it's you very go out all there. You go all the way with it. Yeah. So, I mean, just because violence is that thing, it's a different alternate dimension as far as America goes, or as far as everything goes. So that's why it's like, okay, instead of going to Sharon Tate's house, they end up going to Rick Dalton's house. Right. And I just love it. I love he's in the pool with the headphones. <laughs> I love that the Italian wife's kind of some Godfather shouts there. Yeah. Is asleep in the thing and she's pissed. Yeah. And, and Cliff Booth smokes the LSD cigarette. I love All that, that stuff oh, is great. God. The weird so, thing is, like, Cliff Booth, he should have been a little more messed up. Yeah. I don't know why he wasn't more messed up. Well, yeah, I don't know. So <laughs> it's, it's acid. It's, I just thought it was. Funny. I want to talk about my personal experiences on that. That drug <laughs> amazing but what i'll say is he he was a little too together for that yeah i just you know i thought it was funny is it acid dip cigarette and i just yeah. thought it was hilarious and he's just like i know you guys yeah and he's like it was like dex or something no it was something yeah. more stupid something dumber than that yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, that's oh, that's it. yeah and i love how he's pointing the gun at him and he points his finger yeah, that's like, amazing. And he yeah. just laughs. that's you yeah. know what that's so, the stuff that brad pitt can do that i yeah. don't think tom cruise could have no i don't think that's so. why this so, is great well, casting. i don't know no. I don't know. American made, he's a little goofy in that yeah, one. So I'm like, not to so. this point. Yeah, so. I don't think so. And it's just the whole, you know. Tom Cruise is so oh Tom Cruise. God. Brad Pitt is very Brad Pitt, but it's a little bit different. Yeah. There's just enough room in between there. I, I honestly so. could not see anybody else playing these roles. And so. By the way, uh, when you think about the character of Cliff Booth and Rick Dalton, and, and especially when we get to the very end uh-huh. where. Actually, it's Dalton that gets invited up to the Tate house to now be friends with the Polanski family. Yes. And he just goes home, presumably. He goes to the hospital. Yeah. Uh, and he tells him to watch his dog. But they're basically breaking up as a friendship. Oh, For wow. the most part, because he has to fire Cliff Booth, right? Can't afford him anymore. Yeah. So that is the hero, is Rick Dalton, not necessarily Brad Pitt's character. So... Tom Cruise would have to humble himself a bit to take that part, where yeah. Brad Pitt has no problem doing that. He yeah. played the sidekick to Clooney in Ocean's uh, Eleven. That's film. true. Yeah. So I mean, there's a difference there between the two characters. Yeah, that's true. I can definitely see that. So, but oh man, just as far as back to that hippie yeah. fight scene, yeah. you know, just throwing the dog canned food at the chick. I, once know, again, dog bite to the dick. It's always dick, 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 that, dick, dick, that dick. Dog, dick you know? That dog was a good boy. So, <laughs> He's a yeah, great puppy. He's a great dog. I, I so. feel like, listen, can you spare the, spend the money to get a little science diet? Do you yeah. have to give him the <laughs> shitty food, the congealed uh, wolf toot or whatever right. the fuck that shit was called? Yeah, so. whatever, okay, all right, I suppose. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, feed him better than that. Oh, man, but that whole fight scene just... 
I wish my dog was that well behaved, uh, by the way. I yeah. <laughs> it is not. God, just shouts the detectives, by the way. <laughs> that whole fight scene, it just gets cranked up to 11, and I yeah. love how crazy yeah. it is. Just when you have the chick, you know, who's running around with her Sh- arms playing like, up in the air. Up in the air. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, I didn't see it coming, but uh, when uh, when Leo goes into a shed and he pulls out the flamethrower, yeah, I'm just was like, going on oh there. my God. <laughs> and it's funny because you see the flamethrower early on. He ki- Another yes. Nazi killing, yes. you know, in the yep. movie, he kills some Nazis with a flamethrower. Anybody order fried sauerkraut so it's similar like okay you kill nazis with flamethrower with fire yes. you have to kill them with fire and then yeah. you have to kill hippies that's with essentially fire too, a so. shout to his own spaghetti yeah. westerny and glorious <laughs> bastards movie so like uh, there is this sort of uh narcissism to tarantino <laughs> yeah. that i've always had an underlying problem with it's why like none of his movies enter like the pantheon all time uh-huh. for me and this one has just a bit of it but it's not a lot it's not as much as django did it's certainly not as much right. as hateful eight did so on that i give him a lot of props but he really needs an editor that just kind of reins him in just a, just tiny a little bit, bit more. Yeah, I can, I can more. see that. But yeah. for that final end scene, I really I really fell in love with it. It cranked it up to 11. Yeah. It was hilarious. It was gory. It caught me by surprise. And just the flamethrower at the just end. The flame I love a good flamethrower death. And it's a crowd pleaser. Yeah, it, it really is. is. Yeah. What I would, well, just one more time I'll say it because I don't want to yeah. be too much of a Debbie Downer. What I will say is that when you do that with Hitler, it's different. This one with the Manson murders... Uh, I just think like it's a tiny t- it could be perceived as a tiny bit insensitive it didn't really strike me as that I was pretty much fine with it right. I, I can I know I'm going to read some critic out there Peter Travers somebody's going to write that that was insensitive that he should have yeah. done it you're, you're making it sitcom goofy you're making it kind of a goober thing right. that it shouldn't be uh, so I wonder how that's going to play I know that uh, we talked about the numbers on Talking Flick right this uh-huh. one costs 90 million Okay, it's it's going to open around 40, 45, something like that. It's not going to beat The Lion King, but it's definitely going to break even. I think only one Tarantino movie didn't break even. Uh-huh. I think it was Death Proof, part of the Grindhouse movie. Right, so yeah. Those were about 60 or something like that. Mm-hmm. They didn't quite cover. But everything else, even when it didn't make a ton of money, um, they have made money when you factor in the global. Um, but this one, I think, Metacritic's got it around 89 or something like that. IMDb's got it 8.9. Rotten Tomatoes has the critic score at 85 and the audience around 77. Does that sound about right to you? So as far as the so audience score was 77. 77 critics were around 85, but it's very early, so that'll yeah. kind of t- 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 I, t- I, I can see so because I was when I was walking out of the theater, I heard some of the people that Did were grumbling. I heard some things, so I hear yeah, I heard like some people talking as far as like one was like, well, I actually really liked it. One said, I thought there was going to be more Charlie Manson stuff, which Me I understand. Too. Which yeah. I understand. More Sharon Tate, more Manson, yeah. more Sebring, more Plants, right. more something. And I and they don't show Charlie Manson in that kind of 10 minutes I was out, right? Or do they show him again they or just that once, not. right? No, I don't Yeah, so, so they only no. show him really once. I think once. it's just the one time. Yeah, yeah so yep. you don't really see too much of so one person was just like, I thought there was going to be more Charlie Manson, but there wasn't, so that's what they were wanting. And well, Let's go back to the red herring thing real quick. When the hippies first pull up into the private street in the yeah. canyons... Uh, and Rick Dalton goes out there and yells at him. Did uh-huh. you think there was going to be some violence there? Um, I thought for a second they were going to run over or shoot Something Rick Dalton. Like that, yeah, right? so yeah. I didn't think that yeah. was going to happen. Another so. interesting choice by Tarantino. Yeah. He puts that scene in there, presumably to fake us out to a certain right. extent. So I wonder how many edits, how many thing, how many uh, different versions this movie went to. I remember reading somewhere that this was going to be, like Samuel L. Jackson was going to be cast as like somebody investigating the Tate murders or something oh, like okay. that. I don't know if that's true at all or it's just Hollywood fodder. Right. But I wonder how many iterations the script went through. Right. Well, he took five Apparently the script took about five years to yeah. get it built together. I wonder where he... So. I'd like to know where he started and how it ended up to where yeah. it is now. I guess I would be curious to see as, you know what the original my, idea was going to be. My guess would be planning. once you know it's, it's DiCaprio and Pitt together that you made some changes based on that. Yeah. So. And I can see why you would make changes. Right. And I don't think it's a wrong thing. Deal. I actually yeah. like the movie as a whole. Certainly, we talk about 
almost famous movie that came out in 2000 as the common uh, cure or yesterday I think I uh-huh. mentioned it was the common cure for comic movies we want to push movies like you guys talked last week uh, it's kind of one of, one of what is it kind of a funny story it's kind of a funny story yeah, yeah that's a good interesting movie right by the guys who eventually went on to make Captain Marvel uh-huh. so this is something different this is a cure for some of those comic yeah. movies some of those horror movies that we always talk about and I like that but and, I, and again I want it to do well because I want more movies and more interesting movie right. takes like this to be out there but I would argue I was somewhat disappointed on balance with it. Uh-huh. So I didn't hear people grumbling outside the theater, but I know I heard just like we had a hard time processing what just happened. Yeah, and, stuff. So, and I can see where as far as like, and just same thing, like I heard some grumbling, I heard that as far as after the theater, but towards that final end scene, a lot of laughing, and just really a lot of laughing, and like, you know, of course, Dick Caprio Only a few moments, in the right, glass but, the mirror. Yes, that's you dumb motherfucker, you had the little girl talking to his hours. He's such like, yeah, eight whiskey sours. sours. A, such a wussy drink, I'm gonna blow your brains out if you don't get your lines right. Ruth is drinking Bloody Mary's, he's drinking whiskey sours. Again, night and day characters. Whiskey sours are very good, but... No, they are good, but come on, that's a wussy drink. Yeah. As I take a sip from my apothic red, shouts sponsor talking flick wine. But I think, like, their chemistry is so good. And right. it does make a lot of this movie, but I did want some more of Tate, some yeah. more of Manson, some more of the Manson. Girls. I can understand that. We yeah. could have had a little bit more. I mean, we don't even get a lot of the cult type stuff. We the get the camp the and we get the vibe of what's going bit. on the camp yeah, as far as cult bit. status. Yeah. But we don't see Charlie Manson again. We only see him just that one time, and yeah. then that's it. How, but, and what you get there is a little bit of that how the hippie culture could be violent. Yeah, uh, this like yeah, it's free love. It's we're gonna hitchhike everywhere, but there's a lot of bad that comes. With yeah, that too, so take advantage of older guys. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's obviously senile. Let, <laughs> let's get to some of the, the the more interesting parts of the movie that will yeah. certainly be talked about. The Bruce Lee stuff. You see, yes, I was trailer. about to talk about that. So yeah. is Bruce Lee a dick? Was he that much of a dick? Um, you know, <laughs> God, I don't even know. So I just heard conflicting stories as far as Bruce Lee thought he was a really good martial artist, but yeah. In fact, he was just kind of like an average kind of martial artist, yeah. you know, um, just from like Chuck Norris. He was Norris. a pretty good actor. Yeah, he was a pretty good actor, I guess. And so... I know um, I know some listeners that are going to yell at us for and this. So, but he, he does come across yeah. as kind of a dick, and I think that might be... He was yeah, always right. pushing his body to like the next limitations that sure. he could, and Doing that's kind of what killed him because he uh, he was working out with a famous basketball player. I can't remember his name. Um Oh, was that right? Kareem or something? Yeah, 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 Kareem. Yeah, 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 they did that. And I can't remember what he was doing. They were training together. He was doing some sort of exercise, and he overextended his body. I think he ended up, it was some bad bad chemical reaction with the painkillers he was taking. Okay. So he was obviously just like, you know, thought a higher of himself than he actually, actually was, was. Yeah. and that, I think that at the end and there's no better him, juxtaposition so. you know I love that word than the Cliff Booth character yeah. when he confronts Bruce Lee let me ask you this they both get one round yeah what happens in the third round oh Cliff wins not close right yeah because Cliff because <laughs> what is it he knocks him down once yeah. and then he's like why don't you try that again Kato and then throws him into the car there, and just completely I didn't do a ton car. of research so shame on me but I I don't know a ton about the Sharon Tate yeah. murders and the Manson stuff but what I would say is I had read somewhere, somewhere along the way, and please shouts at Real Watch if I'm wrong about this, that Polanski blamed Bruce uh, Lee uh, to a certain extent for the murders. Really? There's some sort of correlation there. And you see it in the movie where Bruce Lee is training Sherry Tate for the wrecking, uh, the uh, Dean Martin movie, right? Yeah. Uh, the Wrecking Crew. So, uh-huh. because there's that baby flashback where she goes back and she's remembering the moves in the theater while everybody else... Yeah, I remember it. that, yeah. So, and I do think there, there's some romance to the idea that a lot of people thought Sharon Tate was going to be super famous of, uh, and she was going to get there uh-huh. uh, because of her look and because of the few movies that she had done. And it would have been nice to get like an epilogue or something after the fact 
to kind of show like what happens in a world where she lives but maybe that would have also been perceived as somewhat insensitive maybe that's yeah, why I go there I could so. see that and we don't even really see her again and we only hear her voice afterwards so, we just hear her voice that's yeah, it yeah so. it's kind of it's interesting uh, the uh, Mike I think it's Mike Moe is the guy who plays um, Bruce Lee in the movie yeah and he does a great job he does he, a really good job he's yeah. from Inhumans I don't know if you ever watched any of oh that. god no he I was on Empire, watch it, but, so yeah, he's no, been he's around fine. so he's a recognizable guy yeah so Oh man, but a really lot of good kind of memorable moments in this movie. Um, God, I don't have anything more to say. Do you have anything more to say about this movie or should we move on to the ratings? I mean, I, again, I want to say like, I give him a lot of credit for the fairy tale sort of, like there's, there's sort of a sweetness to the whole idea. Yeah. Bit. Bittersweet. Yeah, yeah. Bittersweet is a good way to put it. Yeah. Good job, Tyler. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're the lead on the show. That's our recording forever. So. <laughs> Cut that out, producer. <laughs> no, but I think I give him a lot of credit for that. But I just worry, like now that I'm gonna, now that I've seen it, now that I'm gonna do my review, and then I'm gonna start reading stuff, I'm very curious to, to see what people think about it. Yeah. So audience I, and and critics, I yeah. want to know both sides of this. And I think this is something I I want to watch it a second time to kind of, I guess what you could say, like digest it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Give it a, well, first of all, give it a little bit more breathing room. Watch it. A Are you gonna time. go back to the theater to see it? I might. I don't think I will. I don't know. And, and I know it's that... It's just three hours, you know what with, I mean? So. With some of the stuff we read, like James Marsden, he's a Cyclops in the X-Men yeah. Brian Singer movies, he was supposed to be Burt Reynolds. Oh, okay. I want to see that footage. That would so be nice. Yeah. If I wait for the ultimate cut of this movie, which Tarantino doesn't always give us Well, anyway. we saw... Uh... What's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio, Steve McQueen, and uh, yeah, The Great Escape. Yeah, yeah you get to see which was amazing. That, which yeah, nice. it was yeah, really, really, really well so. done. I mean, and I think uh, who's the other guy that was cut out? Tim Roth was cut out because he's in a lot of those Tarantino. Yeah, he's I think in every single one, right? But he got cut out of this. And the credits they show that he got cut to give him a, a tiny, tiny bit of uh, a tiny bit of props there. But Danny, I think it's Danny Brooke or no, Danny Strong was going to be Dean Martin. Oh, I want nice. to see that footage wow. too. Like, I want to see what that looks like too. So hopefully. What I'll probably do is wait for uh, Blu-ray and wait for some special features and hope that Tarantino gives us a little something. Yeah, a little so something we can see what, what actually got left on. The I want to. I kind of want to see it a second time. Maybe we'll yeah. do a second podcast once upon a time in Hollywood part okay. two, or just a Tarantino one. You know what I mean? Okay, just let's, Tarantino. Podcast let's rate it because I want to talk about how this, uh, where this rates in the right. Tarantino universe. Yeah. So that's what I was about to say. As far as rating goes, I would only really rate it as far as Tarantino, you know, movies. Charles Manson, not really you're outside my of anything. Home. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Peace and love, man. So, in a way, we. Go. So, but don't pick up hitchhikers. Just yeah, don't. don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. And don't hitchhike. Although if it's her, I'm probably picking up Margaret. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So as far as all the Tarantino movies go, I would probably give this like a seven or a seven and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's still good. I still want to give it a little bit more breathing room. I still want to watch it a second time. But just in a Tarantino scale, I guess as far as like you know, do do we seven think, and a half feet? I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, all right, seven and a half. Uh, what's the dog's name? I forget the dog's name. I think it's Bunny or Benny or something. Is that what it is? I, I can't remember his name. Yeah, Bunny. Bunny or something. Uh, well, it's remember. great. That, that, great dog. There's yeah. a supporting actor Oscar right there. Oh so. yeah, I love when the little girl says actor, not actress. Yeah, actress is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this stuff's amazing. <laughs> I think in this, I'm giving it a six and a half. I'm gonna go Tyler Pure Emotions as I just saw it. Yeah. Uh, so my initial reaction is that six and a half. Which when we talk about the other movies, it puts it kind of in that Django, uh, Kill Bill, just a touch below a Glorious Bastards right. range, but. There might be smarter than that, and it might be better than that upon other viewings. Right. But it doesn't strike me as something super rewatchable, something you have to run back to. If you're a Tarantino fan, you definitely should see it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely on, should. But on my Shawshank scale, it's going to make my top ten this year, because we've had a lot of crappy movies this year. But I'm going to give it a very solid six and a half, okay. but it's not... It's not. It didn't strike me at first glance as amazing. Do you think it might change after a second viewing? Though? I do think so. Yeah, Higher and, and a lot of my, ta- 
I kind of think it might go an inch higher. I think it might go higher yes. for me after yes. a second viewing too, yeah, I just to so. appreciate it. Yeah. So as I, as I process it, and as I'm able to appreciate some of the smaller things, I wasn't able to notice the initial right. time. Almost like Endgame, so much happened that it's hard to process all of it. I yeah. think you can get to seven, maybe that's probably it. Plus, you can yeah. pause it if you have it on DVD or use the bathroom. So yes, <laughs> exactly, you know, two and a half, or you know, almost a three-hour movie. Yeah, so I think I would keep it at that seven as far okay, as so just Tarantino scale, you, seven feet, so or seven. Yeah, and a half feet. I'm fine with yeah, that. Yeah, so. six and a half for me. Seven. What do you think, producer? Ryan? I want to like this movie? You know, two thirty. I think he would have thought it was very long, but I think he still would have enjoyed it. You think so? Because he likes Tarantino. So I think, okay. yeah, so, so I think he would have enjoyed does he, it. Does he like the Kill Bill movies? You know, I don't know, but I think okay. I'd have to ask him. But Okay, so I let's mean, talk about then where does this fall in the ranking of the nine? What's your top oh, and bottom of the nine? Okay, so, so Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Jackie Bound, Brown and Glorious, Django, Kill Bill 1 2, The Hateful Eight, Death Proof. Oh, yeah, We're just talking about rooms. Those. I just leave <laughs> off the list. Honestly, just that's such a new. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a, if you I'll give them death proof. I'm cutting out. Death yeah, proof. if you guys have ever seen uh, four it's rooms, bad. yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. Odd. bad. It's odd. And it's, it's four directors, odd. right? Yeah, it's four Robert directors. You guys, Tarantino. I don't know the other two. You get Bruce Willis too. Yeah, you know, you yeah, get exactly. uh, Tim Roth. You know, <laughs> yeah. all of them. So I'm not a Grindhouse fan that much either, actually. But Tarantino's one is better than the yeah than the Gosh, I think the first one. It would have to be either Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction. You got to give it to those. You know what I mean? You got to. Which is really neck and neck between Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. I might give it to Reservoir Dogs. Amazing dialogue. Changed the game. We already talked about Kevin Smith being inspired a little bit by the dialogue of Reservoir Dogs. I I start with Pulp Fiction at a seven and a half, and then Reservoir Dogs just a tiny, tiny bit below at seven. Okay. As very rewatchable, very interesting. I saw. Uh, Pulp Fiction in movie theater. I did not see Reservoir yeah. Dogs. I like the Kill Bills. I I definitely like the Kill I Bills. Like him. I don't but... like him as much as Jackie Brown. Yeah, Jackie well, Brown's pretty. It solid. did make money on. I know it was supposed. To, it was supposedly lost money, but I, I think it made money when you look at the worldwide. It was a cheap movie. Tarantino's original movies, Pulp Fiction, was an eight million dollar budget. Whereas Reservoir Dogs was a one point two, and then Jackie Brown, which was I think uh, ninety seven, was a twelve million dollar uh-huh. budget. He didn't start getting into the bigger budgets until he went a little further on, and that allows him that personal freedom to do whatever he wants, kind of like the Woody Allen strategy. Right. I make 10 movies, but they're all really cheap, so if one of them hits, it's a big deal for everybody. Yeah. So he kind of has that strategy here. Now, again, this one costs 90 so but it's gonna, definitely going to make money, even with the $45 million opening. Those three are my favorites of his. Then when you start to get into the revisionist history stuff of Inglorious and Django, right. that's the next group for me. Abo- still above Kill Bill. Different genre kind of... I mean, they're yeah. still kind of connected, but definitely just... So you don't like, you like Kill Bill more than Inglorious? I would like to. I would like Inglorious more than Kill Bill. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me so too. Yeah. it's been a little while How since I've Django? seen Kill Bill. Inglorious above Django, Django above Hateful Eight. Me too. So, I, I have Hateful Eight near the bottom. Yeah, I go Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Jackie Brown, Inglorious, Django, Kill Bill, one, two, in that order. Yeah, <laughs> Hateful Eight, eight, and then Death Proof Nine. Okay. Even though I like a lot of things in all of those movies, right? So, yeah, and I think what it is is he doesn't really change genres that much, but there is the clear like. I'm a dialogue, I'm interesting, I'm changing the way you edit movies and the timelines, certainly with Pulp Fiction, a little bit with Jackie Brown. Now, Jackie Brown's an Elmore uh, Leonard novel, so that's him sort of, he, he writes the script there, but there's content for him to follow yeah. along there. Kill Bill, you, you're you nodding to sort of the Spaghetti martial, Western yeah. again, too. Spaghetti you Western, I mean? martial yeah. arts, there's some stuff there. Kane and the Kung Fu, uh, all that stuff is really interesting there. And I actually heard that they're considering a Kill Bill 3. There's okay, some I think I've heard that, too. Yeah, I think there's I've heard that around, so... Gosh, yeah. I mean, let me ask you this, though. With Quentin Tarantino, would you rather have his 10th film be a Star Trek or just another completely original idea that he's been working on for a while? Or would you rather have him just try to do both? Give you a Star Trek and then give you a 10th final Tarantino film, you know, 
Because in Star Trek, it's not an original kind of property. It's something he'd be taking over. Would you prefer to have both or one or the other? You know, I think his romance with cinema, Hollywood, spaghetti westerns, martial arts, I don't think any of that, even the revisionist history, if you want to throw that in there, I don't think any of that, like, screams Star Trek. Yeah. So I am a little nervous, even though I'm definitely there and I, super he's interested. definitely a fan of yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, he's definitely a fan, but, like, it, and, and again, like, it, to me it matters if they're going to use the Chris Pine, Carl Urban, right. Zoe Saldana cast, Simon Pegg. I like that group, and I like all three of those movies. You know, uh-huh. not in probably in descending order, but I like all three of those movies. I don't know that he fits that, and I don't know why he would, you know, some people are going to call him a sellout. You know, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, it's not well, really fair, but... I wouldn't call him that, because yeah. he could do whatever he wants. Yeah. You know what I mean? He really yeah. could he do, whatever do whatever he wants, he wants so. But I prefer this stuff. Yeah. To him dipping his toe into, like, Star Trek or a Marvel Nice toe reference. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice foot fetish reference. <laughs> Never a dull moment on Top guy, I love Tarantino film for that Orgy, one. Orgy, <laughs> bangs, and then foot fetishes. <laughs> but I do think, like, I, of course I'm there either way, so it doesn't right. really matter. Um, I'm it, it really, I think he's going to do the Star Trek movie. Yeah. I have a funny feeling he's going to do it, and I have a funny feeling the cast is going to be yeah. there, at least most of them, so, from that last group. Uh-huh. But I prefer stuff like this. Yeah, if I had to pick one or the other, well, I would love to see both. Star Trek and then, of course, Original Property. Both, yeah. But if For I had to pick one or the other, I'd say Original Property. You yeah. know what I mean? Give me and, something. And actually, fun. not something Trek, that so. touches on the revisionist history next time, either. Yeah. Uh, I know he did The Hateful Eight. It's really not a retake on history. But something that Takes them back to the Reservoir Dogs route. Yeah, that's something what I was about to say. Something back to Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, so. give me a heist movie. A t- yeah, a mystery thriller or something. Uh, Spike so. Lee gave us uh, The Inside Man, which is a very good movie. Oh, Inside Man is so good. Uh, why, where's so Tarantino's Inside Man? Yeah. Yes, give us something like that. So that'd be interesting. Oh, man. Well, you got anything else on uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, I definitely think, again, see it. You're a Tarantino fan. You're not going to be dissatisfied. Uh, you've seen a lot of comic movies. You need something different. Definitely see it. But what I would say is temper your expectations if you think it's going to be about 69 in the Manson murders. It's yeah. not really that. It's, yeah. It's just not. It's you know? different. And you know what? It's a different movie altogether than the Marvel's movies we're going out to go see. You know what I mean? So, but Tarantino fan, yeah, absolutely. Go watch absolutely. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch it in theaters. And, and, and you asked me earlier... I do think, the more we talk about it, the more I think, you got to see it in the theater, yeah. especially if you're a Tarantino fan, because again, the sound is really important. Oh, yeah. The soundtrack, there's 30 great songs on this soundtrack. Mamas <laughs> and the Papas, Simon and Garfunkel. I mean, it goes on and on and on. They're so, so good. Neil, I think Neil Diamond's in there. Uh-huh. And, and, the, and the choice of the song married to the scene that he has it in is genius. Yeah. So for that, you have to be in the theater to kind of really feel it. Yeah. Or if you're home, you're going to crank up the volume when you finally turn it. Yeah. <laughs> get a nice, good stare. Yeah. And yeah. there's actually more quiet moments in this than most of those Tarantino movies. Yes, there are. Hateful Eight has some where you just hear like the snow falling. But this one, like the quiet moments because California and the humidity and the air and the beautiful scenery in the background, like the quiet moments are really, really good. Uh-huh. So I like that too. Yeah. So definitely just after talking with you about it, I wasn't quite sure I feel about it. I think I still do, but definitely second viewing on the list for sure. Yeah. Maybe you know, I will see. Maybe we'll time. go together. So, yeah. Maybe we'll go together. So we'll bring together. some notes and stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wear um, no shoes and put my feet up. So. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move on to our next segment. Uh, we've got mail. So we've got a little uh, here from uh, Kevin. That's the question. I'm worried about so, I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> so, same thing, guys. If you want to email us, just reach us over talkingflick at gmail.com. Talkingflick at gmail.com. Play the hits. <laughs> so, listen I'm to never offended when you guys make fun of me. <laughs> never once. We do it every time. Every I time we got it, we got to do it. Because so. you miss me, and I appreciate exactly. that. Now, exactly. I, I don't feel the same way about producer Ryan. I can live without him. It's not that bad. <laughs> so, I got an email here from Kevin. We miss him. <laughs> and, uh, since Marvel just released their Phase 4 lineup, are there any movies you're specifically excited to see? Well, first of all, so, 
listen, when you're emailing talkingflick at gmail.com, you don't always have to do a comic movie. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> you can. Yeah. But, but this is a good question. We appreciate the emails. To be fair, I think um, they announced the Fantastic Four movies coming as yeah. part of this. So either at the tail end of Phase 4 or leading into Phase so 5. So let's, let's just say Phase 4 from Black Widow to whatever's the ending to like a Hawkeye or whatever and the what-ifs. I think my, this includes the TV shows. Yeah, includes, includes the TV shows because right? that's all included right. into Phase Four. Is so Blade four, 4 in there, or doesn't count? Or I think the new Blade reboot. I think the Blade is gonna, is it part of Phase Four? I didn't see it as part of there, but it might. Well, let's just say it's a part of Phase okay, Four. So we right kick now. that one to the side too. Okay, I we'll think kick it out. I think it's actually Black Widow. Black Widow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm interested to see because I like Rachel Weisz a lot. I'm interested. I like Charlotte Johansson as that character, and then uh-huh. knowing what occurs in Endgame. I want to see the take because right. it's really it could be it's basically like a send off spoiler yeah. oh, it could be a send off to her or are they going to redo something that we don't anticipate right different timeline so, type of thing and yeah. are we going to see other characters from yeah. previous ones so that could help us shepherd us the way that Far From Home I thought came up a little short in uh-huh. terms of shepherding us into the next phase uh, this phase four because Spider-Man Far From Home was the end of phase yeah, three yeah end of phase four right. and, uh, or sorry end of phase three Black Widow beginning phase of phase four, four. Yeah. right so I wonder like I think because Spider-Man Far From Home kind of left me a little empty inside, uh-huh. this can pick up, pick it up because we recognize Scarlett Johansson, we know what happens to her in Endgame, and I think that they can add some characters in there, right. even if it's just for a couple moments, that'll help us deal with the fallout from the Infinity War. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that one the most. I think my favorite one is going to be... Uh, Eternals? That I want to see. Which one? <laughs> Eternals? No, no, not Eternals. Man, the casting um, is amazing, but same, I don't know much about yeah, this Yeah, what's his name? Kumali... Yeah, uh, Kumali yeah, Nanjani. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Angelina Jolie. He has an X-Files podcast, yeah. by the way. Oh, does he? He does! Oh, yeah, so, okay. yeah, I've been Shots. watching some of the earlier episodes of X-Files. But, oh, we'll get inside recommendations. But anyways... We um, can do an episode on X-Files. I'm ready I would love to do it. Because I have like 30 unbelievable Oh my gosh. But we could talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, Basically, uh, I would pick Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. I do think that's just, an opportunity for them to give us something different. Yes. Which would be interesting. So, and the thing about that, too, is because we're going to have the Mandarin. I know Producer Ryan will go crazy for yeah, that. Yeah, I think, I think he'll like that talking a lot. About. Yeah, so, but um, I would know, say... the guy who got the lead in that, are we happy with that casting? Yeah, I'm perfectly okay, fine with it. Right. So, I mean, I mean, you can only give John Chow, you know, John Chow so, so much. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> so, I think we talked about that before. John, <laughs> I love John Chow, but, you know, give that man a break. So, but... Yeah, I'm really excited about it because they're bringing back the Mandarin, which is with the whole Ten Rings thing. Which, which can retcon those folks who well, didn't like what they did with it. They, they, they yeah. did it with Iron Man 3. And yes. so with Iron Man 3, they kind of said the, Iron, you know, the, uh, is it the Mandarin. Is it going to be No, no, no. So, okay, so here's right. the thing. So with Iron Man 3, they're introducing the Mandarin, which ended up, I guess, being uh, with Guy Fury or whatever his name. Not Guy Fury. Um, the Who's in there? Guy oh, something. Oh, uh, you're talking about Guy Pierce? Pierce, right? Pierce. Guy, yeah, Pierce, Guy Pierce, yeah. So he ends up being the Mandarin. Oh, which is kind of Monte Cristo, which by the way was a great movie. Yeah, actually <laughs> like, pretty solid. But, yeah, it was really, really yeah, solid. Yeah, so it ends up being a fake out, but there's actually a short clip called All Hail to the King where it shows that Ben Kinsley character who ends up being yes, an actor yes. where he's in, you know, kind of a interrogation room and the guy's telling he's like, you know, the Mandarin's actually a real person, right? Oh, and they have little, true. yeah, and they have little hints where they have these ten ring tattoos on their necks. Okay. And they've shown it in Ant Man. They've shown it in that too as they well. Ant Man. Yeah, they showed it in the that. first Ant Man. Okay. And so basically, it's you been kind of lurking out there. Yeah, stuff. exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I think it'd be great to kind of. It's kind of like an Iron Man sequel. We get Shang Chi, which I think they would have wanted to do Iron Fist, but Iron Fist has just completely been. Yeah. Yeah, it's been wrecked, that, and yeah. so. But also, too, this is a great way you get a guy who actually knows martial arts, who actually studies it and everything, and who is very talented. So well, I'm excited for it. I kind of agree with that. Maybe you talk me into it. I'm, I'm going to stay with Black Widow, but I, what I think is important, and it's kind of why Black Widow is interesting to me, because Rachel Weisz is rumored to be the villain. Yeah. And I hope that's the case. We need a taskmaster, too. They have, like, 
like I thought Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, a lot of these movies, like they fail on the villain. Yeah. The only real time they didn't was like, if you give Loki as much credit as you want to, he's an interesting person. And then Thanos, what they really gave him Infinity War, the first of the two uh-huh. movies, to, to really hash out what he is and what his motivation is. They, but all the other ones, they fail a lot. And, you yeah. know, I wasn't a fan of... Uh, they're one-offs Mysterio. easily, yeah. Yeah, they're one-offs. They're not that interesting. I like Vulture. I give that one some credit. Right. But you're talking about 23, 20, 23 movies, right? Yeah. Of those 23, five have good villains, right. in my judgment. So they really need to fix that for Phase 4. Right. And especially when you're going to start doing uh, characters that are smaller, um, you know, in the scope of, like, you're going to replace Iron Man with Shang-Chi. Is that what it is? Yeah. Smaller, right? Smaller comic, smaller character, more niche uh, so we have to have a bad guy that can kind of carry the weight. Yeah, and more. plus with the Mandarin, because he's been foreshadowed yeah, for a bunch yeah. of movies. Yeah, kinda, that's a so, recognizable you know, person. Actually, I was, I was somewhat, like, even though I, w- I was I was interested by what they did with him in Iron Man 3, right? Yeah. I did think, like, it was a wasted opportunity there. So. Yeah, I can see that right there. So uh, we'll move on to our next segment, recommendations. So anything that you're reading, watching, listening to that you recommend or that you don't want to recommend? Okay, so I want to recommend... Producer Ryan's take on Under Pressure last week, so he could say <laughs> interesting to go with Queen. You know the rules of karaoke say never do Queen at karaoke, but that's fine. You want to go all out, you go all out. Unless you're drunk enough. I thought the rules of karaoke was <laughs> be drunk is? enough. <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually know the rules, but <laughs> be drunk enough and you'll be okay. Like <laughs> it's one of the best uh, like uh, compilation of like two things: the amazing sound of Queen with the amazing uh, interesting sound of David Bowie. Yeah, that's why it's actually made. It's one not Ice Ice Baby. It, it, no, it is not. No. <laughs> it's not something from Weekend at Bernie's. That one really popular like uh, sort of Jamaican songs yeah. in there if you guys read my blog you would know that Under Pressure is one of my top 25 songs of all time <laughs> I don't know what year I wrote that article but it's an amazing article uh, but what I would say is I finished two things I had started Hellboy and never finished it so I watched it all the way through okay. I started from the very beginning again and watched it all the way through it is a you know I gave it a five and a half and I know that sounds like I'm dogging it a little yeah. bit but it's a really like sturdy five and a half okay I was entertained what it is, and, and I think you guys would really like it because you guys are the horror guys. Yeah, it we really, love our horror. Yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of blood in there. There's a lot of horror, and I think it really tries to capture some of the uh, capital from Deadpool, from Logan, uh-huh. a little bit of that. Like, it's funny, but it's also very dark and very horror sort of centric. And I, I, well, the only downside is when you're used to the Guillermo del Toro ones, it's not glossy. And, the, and there's a lot of CGI in there that's kind of crappy. Okay. So they should have probably scaled back some of the CGI and some of the stuff that like really makes it broad right. and monsters and all this other stuff because they didn't have the budget or the time to really get it right. Now, how was David Harbour? Solid? He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. And actually, there's some funny moments in there, too. I, um, as a whole, it's somewhat crappy. But um, I think it's enough there that it should get a bit of a cult following. Okay. So don't totally, it's going to lose. Like, don't dog it just yeah, yet. Yeah, the budget yeah. wasn't super, super strong, so I think it's going to lose 40, 50 million or so, but I think it's going to get some of that cult following so, that like Spawn got. Yeah. Like that. So do you think a miss in theaters, but a good hit for rental? I think it has, I don't know if it'll actually get there, but I think there's potential for it to, to get some, get, a better get some momentum following. to get a little cult okay. following and maybe show up on TV or something like that. Yeah. So, because there was enough goodness in there. I know it's on my list. I got a long yeah, list, so but it's it, on my for list. For sure, both you and producer Ryan should watch it because I think you guys will like it much more than okay. me. And you'll give it a fair chance. Right? So, I sort of went in with this low expectation. <laughs> but I also finished Big Little Lies season two. Okay, yeah. And I I just love that show. It's uh, There's a lot of nonsense on that show. By the way, Zoe Kravitz on Big Little Lies too. She's an uh-huh. amazing actress. Um, this show is a fascinating take. I've never had a show that like 
simultaneously wanted me to live it, li- like move to California right away, and also never move there ever. <laughs> like the, the beauty of it and the, and the vibe of it, I want to live there. The people there, eh, I don't think I want to be around yeah. those people. So it's a fascinating take, and I hope they have a season three. And if they do, you guys talk about gender swapping all the time. Yeah, you're gonna have Big Little Eyes season three. What I want is focus on the husbands. <laughs> Two seasons with the crazy wives. Let's do the husbands. The sometimes. husbands. I love the husbands. <laughs> they're dynamic. They're just as bitchy. There's just as much drama, and it's fascinating. You can make it work. <laughs> MVP of season two, by the way, Laura Dern. As good as Meryl Streep and Reese Witherspoon are, Laura Dern, she steals okay. season two. So I know it's not it's not on the list, but when you're done with the leftovers, watch Big, Big Little Give Lives. it a watch. Yeah, it's okay. great for both sides, of both both genders. It's amazing. All genders. Oh, <laughs> man. So uh, last night, I watched uh, Dark Phoenix. Oh, you finished? Yeah. So I, I was able to watch it because I couldn't find it in the theaters. I was okay. going to try to watch it last I week. I wish I had seen it now so we could go back, back yeah. and forth on it. So, it wasn't it wasn't anywhere in theaters here in Vegas anymore, okay. but it showed up at the Tropicana Cinemas, which is like a oh, dollar theater. Okay, yeah, fantastic. so I was like, you know what? Let me watch it before How it gets bad? cold. Real bad. Real bad. It is so garbage. Nothing. Uh, nothing. So, no sal- No salvaging. No salvaging. So, um, I mean, when you look at the just the casting and the star power alone, they're nothing. all they're all just phoning it in. I think. Yeah. I think Sophie Turner's the only one. Yeah, you know. I think Sophie Turner is really the only one who's trying, but I think everyone else knows, like, this is just getting too much to the point. Okay. And so, like, it's it's just such a forgettable, mediocre movie. And, so Apocalypse was and kind so, of that, too. Yeah, Apocalypse was, was that, but Dark Phoenix was definitely even more forgettable. And yeah. so I would say this, as far as the Dark Phoenix, it's like you expect nothing, but you're still disappointed. Wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. And so they kind of play it up to where, like, you know, oh, the solar flare gives the Dark Phoenix. And I'm like, right. did anybody on this film crew watch the movies because in apocalypse they show her having that phoenix power that kills all apocalypse right. yeah, basically all yes right. and yeah. so they so they retconned that and established that she gets the phoenix force from this alien space you know basically that's is the jessica chastain a scroll or how does so that she work? was uh, originally there was supposed to be scrolls but they right. just leave it blank you don't even ever well, really they're hear like, they're just aliens they show up out of nowhere from space okay. yeah they show up right. out of nowhere and they're honestly they're nothing characters they yeah. just, you know, I mean, their powers. Because I like Jessica Chastain, yeah. too. Like, again, should be a good movie. That's, actually. like, a perfect example of, like, A-list casting and yeah. just crappy story, crappy direction, and this is what you get. Because even with, like, the whole alien thing, they just, whatever whatever the story needed them to be, that's what they were. Whatever it's powers good, like, they we, had, We talked about for Fox, it it's going to lose 150, and I think that was just built into the Disney merger. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably why. I mean, it wasn't making money either, so they pulled yeah. it. But I got about four but, weeks. That's you know I think overseas they made one fifty yeah. which is pretty amazing. I mean they only made like sixty seven. And the thing is like yeah they get a lot of advertising yeah there is re edits there is reshots two hundred million dollar budget. Something that. tells me though that those re edits re edits and reshot were not going to make the movie any better or any worse. Right. Nothing was, was going to make it. Yeah I don't I think those reshots were you know I mean it wasn't going to make okay, the movie so better or anything. Let me ask you I think was, this is as close as we are going to get. You and again I always appreciated the X Men podcast so the first time I listened to Talking Flick I think that was the first one I listened to. Yeah is it the worst of all of them? Yes. It is clearly the worst okay. okay. Because there's some similarities, of course, to Dark Phoenix mm-hmm. and then in, like, The Last, the Last Stand. Stand. At least in The Last Stand, you get, you know, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. And so, you know what I mean? At, <laughs> yeah. least, at least you get that. And at least it actually has, like, a clear direction of where it's going. You actually get some other storylines. But really just kind of with that, it's just such a nothing. And, like, of course, you Any see... Any mention of Wolverine? No mention of Wolverine. Nothing doesn't show Wolverine. up. And so you see... How her, about how many main characters die? Um, Mystique... Them? Oh, sorry. Without naming that Mystique <laughs> died. Sorry. Yeah. How too... quickly does she die? Oh, you know the trailer when they show uh-huh. her get blown away? That's when she dies. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's when everybody suspected that she dies, isn't that? Oh, wow. And so it's just... 
So poor trailer making, yeah. poor filmmaking. And really, it's just like Sophie Turner. When Jean Grey is so bratty in this. She's think, so just annoying Sophie and Turner, bratty. You think she's a good actress, right? You think? I think she's... married to a Jonas brother? Yeah. Think uh, I, uh, I think it's Joe. I don't know. Joe and Kevin. I, no, it's Joe. Joe Jonas. We go together. <laughs> no, we won't do that. <laughs> she's married to Joe Jonas. So. <laughs> okay, all right. But, yeah, uh, he's, the, he's the one I would marry if I was... Really? Yeah, I think so. No, you got to marry no, Nick. No, Nick Jonas. No, Nick Jonas is a good one. You know what? I, I, it I goes Nick, then Kevin, then Jim. Oh, is that what Yeah, it is? that's how it is. Yeah. Right, I'm going to get back to you. Come on, Nick. You got to get together, man. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Nick. You gotta... I actually like that. <laughs> All right, so, so she couldn't save it. How no. about... I mean, again, you're talking about McAvoy, Fassbender, just, Lawrence. No, none of them. None of them. And wow, it's just... Okay. It's it's so messy. And you know what's so funny? Nothing redeeming in it? Nothing redeeming. Wow. So that you know what's so sense. funny about it, too? Now you I'm get... going to see it just so I can see if I can argue yeah. with it. <laughs> You know, it's three bucks at the Dollar Theater. <laughs> if you were ever, you know what I mean? Yeah. That might be too much for this movie. But <laughs> but another funny thing, just kind of getting into spoiler with it, too. Um, you have Quicksilver, right? Yes. And so you Ooh, get, I love Peter. What's his name? Uh, something Evan around? Peters. Evan, Evan Peters. Peters. Yeah. yeah, he's a great actor, so, and that's a cool role for him. So I can't even get him a good scene? I won't, uh, I won't get too long into it, because okay. uh, we're running a little late okay. right now. Right. But uh, with Evan Peters' Quicksilver, you know, you usually get all these amazing shots with him. Each movie, you get really oh, amazing shots. Yeah. Crappy Apocalypse, so, and uh, the, was it The Last Stand? No, uh, Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past. Which I argue is actually a really good, solid X-Men Me too. Movie. I, yeah. Might be my second favorite. Second or third, I yeah. think I would say, yeah. So, But anyways, Evan Peters is in this movie for maybe the first 20 minutes. And then he gets, I guess his, his character gets injured, and you actually don't see him at all until the very end. So you don't get one of those really cool kind of slow motion scenes. Wow. And you know what's the funny thing? At the very end, and I'm watching it, you see Evan Peters walk up, you know, because now he's like a teacher or something. He uh -huh. says something. I'm like, holy shit. I forgot he was even in this movie. Wow. That's how forgettable you, this movie was. You forgot well, about one of the main characters ever being in it. And so, of, I know we have the answer, but one of the rare moments I liked in Apocalypse was you got that hint of like Evan Peters with his dad, yeah. Magneto, like Quicksilver and Magneto. Oh, they don't touch on it at all. They don't touch it at all. They don't touch on it at all. So they really messed this one up. Because usually right. like Mystique is the mother of Nightcrawler. They don't yeah. touch on that at all. Nothing, like okay. nothing at all with it. And so it's just such a mess. And like, they kind of show some cool scenes with Magneto's metal powers, but they never really go to the full dimension of it. And I know, uh, fast Ryan's, they're an amazing actor. Like you're wasting. Yeah. Guy, they like, really did waste them. Yeah, and you know, Brian's going to hate me for this because I like X-Men evolution. Cause I grew up watching X-Men evolution yeah, as well as the animated yeah. series, but there's a really the animated good series. Amazing. Yeah. Animated yeah series is really good, absolutely. But yeah. there's a really good scene in X-Men evolution, which Ryan's probably yelling at me right now <laughs> where, uh, Magneto is basically possessed by apocalypse. And, you know, to demonstrate how powerful his magnetism is, he's pulling satellites from orbit from the sky and oh, throwing wow. it, which is pretty cool. I would always, cool, yeah. and so ever since I've seen that, I've always wanted to see that done in a movie, never gotten it. Wow. Not once. It would have been a good opportunity. It would have been a good opportunity. Okay, and that's so the thing, it's like, and my girlfriend pointed it out to me too, where there's a scene where he pulls this train up, right, from the subway, and you kind of see in the trailers, he pulls this train from the subway, crashes into a building, and then nothing ever happens with the train. Oh, my he doesn't God. use it for anything else. Like, you could have used anything okay, else to crash so, into the building. You just used the train to do that. And it's just like, it did nothing. Like <laughs> Here's the weird thing, right? We get in this, We never really get into the weeds of how Hollywood works, and we have some, like, periphery complaints when we yeah. talk about these movies. Sometimes Hollywood, like, chokes itself out with nonsense. Simon yeah. Kinberg, like, he he's now the father of some of the best X-Men stuff and, and some the of the worst. worst. Yeah. So what do we make of his tenure 
as like the shepherd, well, the Kevin Feige he's, of X Men. He's been doing he's been doing producing work, and that's really about. And we know it. he's but an X Men fan. Like, this is his first director's. So it was I his don't, first time. He yeah. didn't do Apocalypse. You know, he didn't do Apocalypse. Okay, now right. this was his first directorial so he, debut. So was it? The, so let's ask the, the the practical question here. Yeah. Right? Studio. Uh, are or you going to do Stonehenge? No. Are, uh, the practical question is studio or him? Yeah. What's what is so it? So I think he has complained. He has taken accept. He's accepted that majority of the disappointment is on him. Okay. But he also blames the studio as far as doing some of the re-edits and reshots and also like I don't know why you would want to make that guy yeah and I, I don't know that the same way with the uh-huh. guy who wrote The Martian who yeah. we think is going to get the, uh, the Sinister Six Simon Kimber was part of The Martian too right so yeah. like these like, are super smart people that when they're at their best man they can crush it yeah but when they're at their worst man like, what's going on dollars, yeah what, you know it's not a, it's not stop a doing cocaine and writing <laughs> you know like <laughs> a lot of problems alright yeah. let me ask you the next question then so now Basically, both Fantastic Four with the crappy Josh Trank movie, yeah. and now the crappy Dark Phoenix movie, as you said. And I yeah. will see it at some point, and I'm, I'll see if I argue with you. Probably not. It doesn't sound like it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so they're both franchises that died. They fizzled away. Yeah. What is the what is the appropriate amount of time before we reboot them, reintroduce them? Oh, man. Now with Disney owning it. So. Because I'm kind of ready for Fantastic Four. Don't like, forget about like, New Mutants. We still yeah, have to get New Mutants. Yeah, but it's not a reboot. One. We're not recasting New Mutants yeah. necessarily. That's supposed to be its own have, solo yeah, thing. Yeah, it should be kind of its own idea. And that was supposed to come Eternals out. Eternals is its own sort of thing. That's like two or three years late, New Mutants. Is it really? It's on the shelf. It's just on the well, shelf. Well, you had mentioned several times that we don't think it may, it may not come out at all. Yeah, it might just be like they just put it on the streaming they, thing. And they played it. with that idea with Dark Phoenix just mm-hmm. to go direct to DVD and not even do a theatrical $200 million release, budget for something that's going to go direct to TV. That is fascinating. Yeah, so I mean, but... God, we'll considering see, once, but, upon a ta- uh, once upon a time in Hollywood is like considered an expensive Tarantino movie at ninety million. Yeah, that's crazy. I bet you what right there, yeah. Dark Phoenix makes, which is two fifty worldwide. That's gonna that's where once upon a time in Hollywood's gonna land. Yeah, and with a much less this budget, budget. Uh, yeah, and with much more clinical, better direction uh, critical, of their yeah, cast yeah, of course, too. Yeah, so, so, but back to your question, I'd say. Give it a good solid two or three years before bringing back for the X Men. X Men, I agree, it's got to be yeah. two or three. Five, but, but I'm closer to ready with Fantastic you know, Four. Five would be understandable, but I'd say two or three years would be the best because that's a definitely a little. Can bit Can you introduce the X Men without Professor X? How many? How, like, well, they you, had Scarlet Witch and they had Quicksilver, and, right. You know and that, but they're but, called uh, something else, right? Yeah, I mean, they were called. They couldn't exactly use the yeah. mutants, but they can bring that back into it now. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, they can eventually lead into experiments, mutants. Or yeah, something, something like that. that. Yeah, yeah. And they can just lead it into like they activated the mutant gene. You know what I mean? So there's ways, you know. Because MCU has all the good comic book writers. You know, there's ways they can it's, introduce that. While it's too it bad fun. because, well, you know, we can close with basically saying it's too bad because I thought that with Days of Future Past, they had retconned some of the issues of the original trilogy, basically. Uh-huh. And they moved into this interesting area. Even though X-Men Origins, like, I kind of ride for that movie. I know producer Ryan mentions it, too. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, all yeah. bad. Yeah. Uh, it's and, fun. Yeah. yeah and it's you fun. have fun and with it. This isn't fun at all. And that so. was a bridge to Logan. It was a bridge to Deadpool a little bit. Like, right. These other things that are the James Mangold Wolverine movie. Which the fact I that it gets poked like, at so much makes yeah. it fun and worth it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. And it was somewhat, I don't think it lost any money, actually. I think even with the leaking of it and stuff, it actually turned oh, profit. Oh, yes. I remember all that too. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's weird. Like, Apocalypse was bad, but it wasn't bad enough for me. Like, it didn't sully it that much and I didn't love first class as much as a lot of people did uh-huh. so I thought like that didn't sell it either but it sucks that it has to go out with a fizzle with a yeah. really shitty, if that's the case it's a bummer honestly if it would have ended at Days of Future Pass I think they that would have been Maybe that they that. because that was the last high note with these X-Men movies and, and of course Logan too as well I but think, of so. course it's a money grab right just like we get the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man like maybe if we never had that yeah. we'd think differently or at least I would think differently about uh, Tom Holland all the Tom Holland and, Spider-Man yeah. but they gotta cram it in because otherwise they're gonna lose the rights and so yada yada yeah. yada Hollywood screws us <laughs> over over and over again so I worry about that and I hope Hollywood 
it's the one good thing about Disney owning everything, basically, is that that shouldn't happen, at least while they own the rights yeah. to basically everything. Yeah, so. they won't throw it under the bus. Oh, well, well, that's a bummer to hear that. So. Yeah, well, we kind of knew it was going to happen, but uh, next week, do we know what we're doing next week? I well, don't I wanted we to do, say, but... <laughs> you know I can't stop. I wanted to say, uh-huh. I talk about the awards sometimes, right? Emmys. We both like Chernobyl. Yeah. 19 nominations. Nice. Pretty fascinating. HBO crushed it. I think Barry got 17 nominations. Wow. I love Barry. HBO just dominates the Emmys. Yeah. Now, I think Game of Thrones got like 16, 17, something yeah. in there. That's probably for like all the seasons combined. What do you think about that? Now, I know you don't care so much about the awards, but like, do you have a take on Legacy Awards? Like, should um, we be giving Game of Thrones the like, last crappy season all those awards? No, but as and far they, as like, they nominated best yeah. episode was the final one, not the the penultimate, which is the second to last. That oh, that's was the better. Yeah, too, right? that was the better one. Yeah, I don't yeah. totally get that either. Yeah, they. I don't know. What I don't like legacy there. awards. That's I mean, like for the lifetime achievement if, thing. If they had a separate category for like legacy awards because of all the work that's gone into doing this and because it was such a big, you know massive hit mm-hmm. although i feel like it fell short and i think a lot of people and fans in general felt like it fell short of was very disappointing yeah, you know i think most people i think it still deserves a legacy more award, so. y- more yet more disappointed than are satisfied yeah so i think it still deserves at least something for all the effort that they have even though it's not how i would have liked it to end it still had a really good good build up and you know what it got me for these many years two, so two pr- one very good one, one very solid one in the last season, episode-wise, yeah. from start to finish. But the last episode, like, ugh. Was, yeah, like, what are you doing, yeah, man? Exactly. Get wrap this up in 20 yeah. minutes. A lot so. of nonsense there. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, uh, do we know what we're doing next week? I don't think we do yet. I don't but, think we uh, do. I think it's a producer Ryan's choice. Is it your I choice? I can't remember. Uh, we'll we gotta, figure it yeah, out. Yeah, we got to check yeah, it out. We'll we're going to do a uh, spotlight. Yeah. No, eventually, no, eventually, no, eventually, no, eventually, no, eventually, no, eventually, 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 <laughs> Once upon a time in Hollywood again. So, Let's do it yeah. again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll find you over at RealWatchability.com. RealWatchability.com. Uh, you should, handle. by Monday when the pod breaks, you should see my review. You should see my ranking of the top 10 Quentin Tarantino movies. Okay. I'll give you little snippets of everything I think about each individual one. And then my rating might change. Like I said, six and a half. But yeah. I, I think even by Monday, I might change. Breathing room. I think yeah. so, too. So, But uh, of course, Ryan, find him over at Ryan underscore dot com. Ryan underscore dot com and Dragon Questicles. We yes. both played. You guys mentioned it, right? Yeah, we mentioned it. it yeah, fascinating. I, I dipped my toe. I was inspired by Stranger Things, uh-huh. inspired by producer Ryan to dip my toe into the D&D world. And I I would say that like it exceeded my expectations. It's fun. It's kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, Lego Bloom, my character, by far the MVP. Yeah. I mean, Tyler's giant <laughs> is just standing in the middle of the road getting shot at. Meanwhile, I'm taking care of him. I'm healing him. I'm killing the people around him. I mean, it's fascinating. We did Thank majority God, of the damage, by the way. Just like on this pod, yeah. Tyler. Thank God you had me there. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so we're looking forward to part two, producer Ryan. And yes. If you love this stuff, if you love Game of Thrones, if you love Stranger Things, uh, you got to listen to Dragon Quest. Yeah, give him a, yeah, give him a listen. Check him out on Twitter. Um, as always, we're Talking Flick. You can find us, Flick underscore Talking. Uh, that's where we kind of release as far as what we're doing for like the next week, too. If you're going to rate us. So uh, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts. That's going to be the yeah, main one. Hey, if you're listening to this, just go to rate us right now. Whatever app that you're listening to, it helps out. 
Don't uh, watch Dark Phoenix. Yeah, don't watch Save Dark the brain cells. Yeah. Go to iTunes right now. Rate us well, and listen to a couple of our It's episodes. worth watching if you have somebody to bitch about with it. You know what I mean? Just to, Maybe just you get like 20 minutes in and when you get bored, just play the podcast. Yeah, just play the podcast. Probably, but, 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 <laughs> you know we're going to talk about the X-Men in every episode anyway, so you get a little yeah. bit of that too. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, guys. So spread the word about the podcast if you really like it. Friends, family, get them to subscribe if you can. Um, email us, talkingflick at gmail.com. Hey, if you really like the show, you'd like to keep it going, if you want bonus episodes, you can throw in a dollar at Patreon. There's a link in the description, too, as well. I'll have a link for everybody's Twitter handle and their podcast and their blogs, too, as well. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much uh, it for us right there, guys. We're Talking Flick, and we'll talk at you next time. Charles Manson, you my homie. Yeah.